The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. not just a friday it is cinco de mayo yes welcome in everybody happy happy may 5th to all of those who celebrate like we do we are sports take jacob sports youtube network he's the gun or he's gunner or he's Derek. we don't know yet you'll have to stay tuned to find out i am what is up mr gun it's happy cinco de mayo gunner day that's what it is that's right that's right that's exactly what what it is. is Yes. Every day is the gun day. So did, will you have a taco? Will you will you celebrate in some way, Derek, to commemorate the fact that it is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo? Will you will you I know you're not a drinker? Uh would you have a uh what do you call it? A virgin margarita, virgin maybe? Margarita. Would you do something like that? Probably not. But see, we have right. so much great Mexican food in this house. Um, I'm assuming we'll have something, but I doubt I don't know. I don't that's a good one, Rob. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. It could because... be an idea. Maybe maybe you don't have to get on the grill tonight, Dude. or maybe you do. I don't know. But see, next week, I'm taking a a long-scheduled vacay out to the left coast to visit my in-laws. Yep. And let me tell you something. The Mexican food will be flying for a full week. <laughs> I can't wait. Yes. Um, I haven't been out there in a while. I'm going out to see. And one of my nieces has a baby shower as well. So we'll be all over Southern California for a week. Visiting family, friends, and eating eating serious Mexican food out there. Well man. deserved. I'll All be, right, show the show the shirt off. People are already wondering about shirt. the shirt. What your shirt? What do we have rocking here? My son, my son, I do for you. You do for me. If you well, need a, a console, little, you gotta see it. You yeah. just you just come talk to the to the grandfather. <laughs> That's a great like shirt. That? You like that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh! That's cool. That's a good look, man. You know that is a good. You know what, Benny Boom? Yeah. You're right. D Gun, the man, the myth, the legend. More myth than legend, but I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. What's up? Let's give everybody a shout out. Let's go, Tyler. Let's go, John. Let's go, Marcus. Let's go, Gigi. We'll even give Niners some love. Uh, and then uh, D1M. I'm not even gonna try and get through the rest of it. What's up, Jason? What's up, Benny Boom? What up, little Peter? What up, yeah. everybody? And also, it's Friday. Where's everybody yeah. checking in from? Got to know where you're checking in from. Yeah, good, Come good on move. now. Good move, guys. Yeah. yeah, check in Friday. Let's do that thing. What's up, Lil Tone? What's up, Sween Bull? What's up, everybody? You know yeah, give us, give us a check-in real quick. We'll see if, where if we're at. What's up, Jeff? If, if, there's, if there's one household chore I hate, Rob, it's going outside to clean up the yard behind three dogs, right? Oh. So after our show meeting, I went outside. I did it. 
you know, and, and people I mean, my family always ask me, like when I'm when I'm doing something like when I know I have to put mulch down, or if I'm planting rose bushes or something, I get this look on his face, like my stone cold look on my face. My family's always ask, Why are you mad? And I'm That's like, I'm focus. not mad, I'm just focused. Yeah. Yes. You know, all these years my family still doesn't get it. It's yeah. a, and it irks, and it irks me when they say, Why are you mad? I'm right. not mad, I'm just focused. But so right. I go outside now I'm ticked off because I gotta go clean this yard before the show, right? Yeah. But then I turn on I turn on my outdoor speakers. And the first song I put on is Post Malone's Rockstar. Good choice. And dude, I was, in, I was in a whole different mood. I'm bouncing around the yard with a bag yeah. and a shovel. And my neighbor's <laughs> probably thinking, yeah, call the people in the white jackets. Diga lost it. He's lost it. But I dude, like I was it, a man. Next thing I know, I looked up. Dude, that only took 12 minutes. Wow. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, man. Here's the problem. So I go out. Yeah. And by the way, let me, let me give everybody an, a, an acknowledgement for where they were. Okay. Jupiter from I am awake. Uh, Todd's calling from Compton. Uh, <laughs> John Dickerson from Miltopedia. Uh, Benny <laughs> from uh, South Philly. Uh, oh, 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 my, my it's uh, oh. Uh, crew love is, is uh, at ocean. Is that our guy? Is that our, uh, our chef? Crew Maybe. Love. I don't know. Or is it Zach? Wait, wait. I don't know. Uh, we got right Niners all damn day saying Russia. I don't know about that, but maybe. Uh, Russia, what's up, come on now. Rebel? Uh, Providence, Rhode Island. We got Sean Clark what? from Oahu. Pretty sweet. What? Man. Yeah, a little Cali action. We're all what? over the place. What? I like California, it. Hawaii, Milf, Milftopia. John Dickerson, you are barred from the show today. You are Even barred from Vegas. chatting today. Yeah, John Orlando. John says, My Where's God. Bear? Bear, Delaware. Bear, Delaware, John. Uh, Wisconsin, that's Gunner's neck of the woods. Wisconsin that's for right. Justin. Great city, Milwaukee, uh, Chinatown, Tenth and Arch. Yeah, we, we love our folks in Chinatown. Yeah, um, yeah everybody checking in. I like great it, great restaurants in Chinatown, Philly, man. Ooh, oh, great killer, food. Man, killer. Uh, oh, Philly and Winter Park. Okay. MMK Tiger in San Fran. Yeah, I love it. In the Bay Area. Yes. Keep it coming. Keep letting us know. We want to know where you people checking in from. Hanging with us on this glorious Friday. I mean, the weather's great outside. It's almost 70 degrees. It's going to be awesome tomorrow day as well. So I go out yesterday, Gunner, to cut the lawn, right? Which I I wasn't able to do last weekend because we had so much rain in our area. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty long. But you know, before you cut the lawn, you got to pick up the dog poop, right? Yes. Yes. If you get a, we got a little bit of rain the night before Wednesday night, I think into Thursday. Yes. It's mushy dog poop. There's uh, nothing worse than the mushy dog poop. Okay. Oh, so that, that's what I did yesterday before I cut the lawn. So that was fun. And I'm still oh. going through the uh the the estimates for the roof. I got I had another guy out today, man. This is uh, it's not fun. It's not fun. So, so no. So what are the estimates been so far? First one was ninety two hundred. Uh how big how, how big one. of a section is it? It's not a big the whole roof has to be done. It's a oh, split whole level. Roof. Not, a, not a particularly big okay. roof, uh, but there's some flashing that needs to be done near the chimney and whatever, you know, you know how it, it okay. all adds up. So it's, uh, no, it hasn't been fun. I had another guy come out today. I'm waiting on that estimate. I got the insurance company coming out Monday. It's not, uh, not great. Not great. But anyway. uh, will the insurance cover it? Uh, unlikely. Um, it's an older roof. What they may cover is I had part of my chimney capping come off in the in the wind that we had, that pretty okay. severe wind that we had last week. Okay. Yep. I might have a little bit of it offset, but when I say a little, I mean a little bit, you know. So we'll see. I'm I'm gonna try to be optimistic. And here's the thing about chim- uh, about insurance companies. We're, we're we're here to help you. 
and they help you, and then they jack up your rates because you cash some of the money in you've been paying off forever. I mean, exactly. seriously, exactly. It's like the, yep. one of the biggest scam: car insurance, homeowners mm -hmm. insurance. One of the biggest scams ever. You get an accident that isn't your fault on the road. Yes, right. And your insurance goes up. Or, or here's what happened to me like three, four years ago. I dropped my daughter off at a practice at her high school. Right. I come out of the high school. I'm, I'm driving for probably uh, a quarter of a mile, right? I noticed this. I'm in a, I'm in a uh, Kia Forte, which is a, a, a smaller car. It's not a big car. Uh, I, I got. I see this truck. Be, I'm in mm -hmm. the right lane, mind you. I'm in the, the two lane. I'm in the right lane. I'm, I'm not. I don't live far from there. I have no reason to go fast. I, I'm going slow. In fact, this mm -hmm. truck is flying behind me, and I'm like looking in my rear view, like, what is this guy doing? Now, here's what I'm assuming he's doing. He's going to fly up and make the left. You know how people do that? They, they, and they Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, whatever, dude. If that's what you're doing, knock yourself out. Go, go uh, 30, 40 miles over the speed limit. He's getting closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, what the hell? So then I'm just like, I, I can't get off. It's not like I can go right and get away from him or go left because there's a car right, whatever. Right into me. Right into me, right? So we, we pull over to the side and, you know, he didn't try and take off or anything. I'm like, dude, what the hell, man? Like, what was that? Oh, I just wasn't paying attention. Like crazy. So anyway, my car was so damaged from, from the, he hit me from behind. I got a little whiplash too, but it was so damaged okay. from behind. And I, I had just paid the car off like six months ago, by the way, just paid. Uh... Okay. I'm not even making this up. So the, the damage is so severe the insurance company wouldn't do work on the car and forced me to get a replacement car. Now at this point, the car was like six years old. It had a, a lot of mileage on it. I had it paid off. The, so I had to get this. They, they would give me enough money to get this absolute junker piece of crap car. So what? I ended up driving. Yeah, I know it was such a, a, a such BS. And, and, and this guy had the, had the worst insurance ever. So it was a hassle getting anything out of him. It was a whole thing, man. It was a nightmare. Anyway, you're right. It is a scam, but enough of that. Um, enough of that. Yeah, but you know, um, I was with a, a real, uh, one of the big nationals for years, for like 15 years. And I won't say their name, you know, for legal yeah. reasons, just in case somebody's watching. I was with them for 15 years. And then um, I was at a point where, I was grandfathered in. They had a no, they, they would give you what is called a no accident fault clause. So whether you caused the accident or somebody hit you, your rates would not go up. Oh, but then okay. a lot of friends kept telling me, you know what, you should shop around. You can get a better rates. What I was paying and at that time, we had uh, me and my wife and the kids on there. You know, I was paying over 800 a month for auto insurance. Whoa. So then I started going around, pricing around. And, my, and, and see, I'm one of these people, you know how you are. You've been with somebody so long, you're loyal to a fault. And you don't want to go through the hassle of looking and comparing prices. Whereas the, my kids' generations, they spend all the time, whether it's buying a phone, a phone plan, they check everything, dude. I mean, they're they check, great. You know, they, they, you're the right. They they're, are great yeah. as far as that goes. They're much yeah. better at that than we are. And so I finally started shopping around, and I ended up back to where I should have been with AAA. I've had AAA roadside service forever. Yep. And because I moved my auto insurance and my homeowner's insurance over to them, um, I got such discounted rates on everything. Once you know that my homeowner insurance and my auto insurance previously, 
had the nerve to call me and say, hey, um, you know, before you switch, we uh, I was meaning to call you. And that's when you know it's like that's when my blood starts to boil. I was meaning to call you. What are you paying now? Um, what are you going to move to? So I give him the rate that I'm getting. Yeah. You know, we we could we could have got you there. So technically, you just kept taking my money until I decided yep. to move. Yep. So, yep. so you know what? Thank you. Goodbye. That's it. I'm done. Yeah, we're done. I, so, I like. So it, I've man. gotten much better now at comparing prices before I do anything. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, all right. So, uh, oh, the fitness rebel said it's pouring in Exton. So maybe it's coming my way soon. Who knows? Oh. I know oh, today no. was supposed to be nice. I know tomorrow, oh, oh. I think tomorrow is going to be great. Um, Let me see. Tomorrow tomorrow's is... going to be 68 and sunny in our area. It's Sunday, 74, Monday, 78. You're loving that, Gunner, before you get out of here. You're going to get some warm weather. All right, so uh, a couple things to hit here. It's the Boston weekend here in Philadelphia. We have the Celtics yes. Sixers tonight, game three at the Wells Fargo Center. We have the Phillies and the Red Sox across the street at Citizens Bank Park. Game yep. three also on Sunday of the Sixers and the Celtics. Of course, you get the three-game series between the Sixers and the or the Phillies and the Red Sox. So it's a heavy Boston weekend. It's going to be interesting to see if there is any kind of takeover. Now, I don't think you're going to have much of a takeover at the Wells Fargo Center. Sixers fans sell that place out, and it's usually pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baseball stadium, the, the the ballpark, is going to be an interesting one to see You know how boisterous the uh the boston fans are now a lot of this is going to have to do with the, if the phillies are taking care of business and, and beating them you know then then i don't think we'll hear much from the boston faithful but we'll see right. but but heavy boston i tell you behind dallas derek they are my number two in terms of sport hate more so than new york yes 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 is, i hate the, the celtics hate? the celtics cl- the hate is very close to the cowboys it is like is neck it, and neck is it because of the history of them winning championships you know, remember there was a stretch where they were winning hockey, basketball, baseball. Yeah. Is it is it that your hatred because they beat themselves mm-hmm. on the chest louder? No, it goes back to when I was a kid. And granted, well, back then the Sixers and the Celtics, although the Celtics won more championships, the Sixers would take care of business a lot against them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Not all the time. Okay. So okay. it was really neck and neck with the Sixers and the Celtics when I was a kid. Now, Mike, I'm talking about like the Larry Bird, Dr. J era. That the you see that you see it behind me. Right there. Yep. That yep. Okay. Yep. So the problem was one of the problems. A, I couldn't stand the garden, the parquet floor, Red Auerbach with okay. a cigar, all of that. Crap. Okay. But listening to the games, and you probably remember this because Milwaukee was really good in those days too. Marcus Johnson, yes. you know, those guys. Absolutely. Al- my boy, Alton Lister, Paul Presley. Yes. yes. Good teams. Really good. Matter um, of fact, Don Nelson, you know, not to cut you off, but Don yeah. Nelson, the coach back then, he in it, he in it, uh, he invented this the uh position point forward paul yes. pressy he was six five paul pressy was six five but the dude had wings bigger than a seven longer than a 747 and paul pressy yeah. was a point for you he'd bring the ball up slide down and play forward it was unbelievable he was really man. Good. Yeah, yeah he was yeah they had a lot of good players man i i, I actually i like those milwaukee teams and, and they were a good rival yeah. sixers and milwaukee were a good rival to that during those days terry cummings yeah jason's right you know a lot of those guys bob lemire was there for, uh, well, for i told you i told you i was here for game seven uh, back in the early '80s, first time I'd ever been to Philadelphia, Game Seven, Bucks and, and the Sixers, um, and at the Spectrum, was still mm. at the Spectrum, and broke my heart. Bucks lost that game. I just yeah. they were one one game away, and I was like, just messed up my whole weekend in Philly. Yeah, I hear you. 
Um, but no, here's the problem. And and neckbone, Joe Neckbone is is got yeah. to where I'm I was getting. Okay. Okay. So you're watching national games. I'm a kid, I'm right. watching national games. Supposedly objective broadcasters. Dick Stockton is on the play-by-play call, who who flat out stunk in every sport that he ever did his whole career. He was terrible. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the color guys, the color analysts were either Bill Russell or Tommy Heinsohn. So especially this goes for Russell too, but it's especially Heinsohn. And rest mm-hmm. in peace to both of them. Were the biggest homers you will ever, ever find. Heinsohn made no bones about it. Right, so I'm sitting right. there trying to watch a CBS national game with these two guys doing color. Give me a break. And it just revved it up that much more. Plus, the teams hated each other. Bird and Doc got in a fight. Doc was my guy. You know, the whole thing. So I can't stand the Celtics. I mean, loathe them. And wasn't that also at the time when, when Heinsohn was doing it? You would always see him on a commercial for a beer. Remember back then it was Miller one Light. beer company? Yeah. Miller yeah. Lite. They would use great, all these coaches. Yes. Yep. You would, and, and it's like, his would pop up on my TV. And I was in Wisconsin back then. Um like every half hour, you're like, okay, enough of this mess. Okay, enough. Yes. Don't you have somebody else you can put on? You know. Yes. Um, but my bo- my ha- hatred for Boston back then was because they were so good. They were just so good. <laughs> and they were I, good. Know, Robert Parrish. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Danny Ainge, Robert Parrish, Bird, uh, Dennis Dennis Johnson. It was just yep. Mr. Freckles himself, Dennis Johnson. You know, yep. they were just so doggone good, man. And you know what? A lot of times that is. Um, uh, respect and compliment at its highest when you hate a team just because it's so doggone good for that era, you know, well, and they were uh, yeah, right. So he, here's the thing. I, and I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, the, they also had fully acknowledging the greatness of bird and Mikhail and Parrish and DJ, but they had so many weasel guys. Ainge was a weasel. ML car start fights and run. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Cornbread Maxwell had some weasel in him. He was, a, he, he was a solid player, but they had a lot of weasels. Okay, and and guys, you just loved to hate. Dur- yeah, Ainge would start a fight and run behind one of the big guys. Yes, yep. He was a weasel. So and every anyway, now and then he'd have a black eye. Correct, deservedly so. Yeah. He deserved. Yeah. He deserved, deserved more than that. So anyway, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, you know, all right. I, so I, that's. I, yeah. I hate to say this, but. There's there's no there's no rivalry, no true hatred. Now, you look at the NBA today, and to be honest, from my perspective, you know, I'm a, a big time Bucks fan, big time Sixers fan. There's not a team that I just hate today. There's no villains like there used to be, other than I, you know, maybe Draymond yeah. Green. There are no villains. There's, Dylan Brooks. There's, there's Dylan a couple Brooks. guys. Yeah. yeah. But but they're not like you know what I, I mean? Back then, you hated teams and you hated players. Um you, you couldn't wait, even if you weren't a fan of a team, you couldn't wait to see them play because you knew what was going down. The era of the bad boys in Detroit, I think, is yes. one of the greatest eras in the history of the NBA. Everybody outside of Detroit hated that team, and they didn't care. They embraced that. Yeah. They knew they were dirty, and that's, you know, Lambeer knew that's how he could get to you. Yeah. You know. No, I agree. And, and when yeah. when we say this, I know, I know younger people are like, oh, my, here we go. We're back in the day. But it really, the, the players were not buddies like this. Nobody was exchanging jerseys. Like, they wanted to rip each other's hearts out. They really right. did. They right. hated each other. 
And yes. all you want, all you really want as a fan is you want your team to despise the other team, you know, your players and coaches despise the other team like you do and want to win it as badly as you do. Not to say these guys don't want to win it, but yeah. Right. I, 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 man, you're right. It's, there is so little of that now and it stinks. I, that, that's a good, like sports hate is good. Real hate in life is bad. It's bad. Yes. I think JM here, put, if you can pop it up, I think he makes a great point right here. Him, he or she, I don't know JM, he or she, but right here. Because players aren't loyal enough to their cities to stay with them for long, long enough to establish a, nar- a narrative. It's fair. I think I that's, fair. that's fair. I agree. Yeah, free agency. That's a good changed. part of it. Yeah. It, it's what's. It's why. I mean, you're always going to have college rivals. You still really still see it in football because for the most part, they have to stick around for three years. Right. But right. It's not the same in college basketball anymore because guys are there for five minutes. They're either going right to the pros after one year or they're transferring. Mm-hmm. Or, or they're just hopping from team to team. The college basketball rivalry is is not what it used to be. No, no. I mean, it, it, here's another good point. Did you did, during during Brady's heyday with the Patriots? You know, everybody talks about we hate the Patriots. We refer to them as the evil empire. Did you hate the Patriots as much as you hated some team NBA teams back in the early '80s? No, I mean, I didn't. I hated I hated the Patriots because I got sick of looking at them in the AFC Championship game and Super Bowls every year. Yep, but. You know, and even the hoodie, even though, even when they got busted, you know, uh, for, for various infractions, the hatred for that team is nothing compared to what I had towards, you know, the Celtics back then with Bird and those guys, the the, yep. the the bad boys of Detroit, you know, even the Warriors way back in the day, man, when they had Nate mm-hmm. Thurman and all those guys, people used to hate the Warriors, but it's nothing like that today, man. I know. Yeah, it is. It's too bad. I, it. it I, I hope someday, I don't think we will. I hope someday we can get back to it, but I don't think so, man. I really, really don't think so. I, I think uh, I get just kind of where it's at at this point. Uh, it's 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 Sad. a lost art. Well, all right, so let's stay with that for a minute. Yeah. Debo Samuel. Yes. Now, we know oh, how the uh, – Debo. From the second that the Eagles 49ers NFC Championship game ended, the, the flood of tears where you could have used Noah's Ark uh, yes. from the, from yes. Niners, uh, players, coaches, faithful crying and whining began. And it is, it is still carrying over. So Debo, um, basically said at, at one point, if you just to remind people, uh, we lost base, we lost because, uh, we played with 10 people, uh, yep. said on the Eagles beating the, the 49ers. Uh, I ain't going to keep going on about what could have happened. What would have happened it would have been different outcome if they were healthy. First of all, so that is the ultimate loser lament. The if, coulda, shoulda, woulda. The Eagles knocked your quarterback out. The guy who had played great the whole way. Knocked him out because you couldn't block the Eagles. There you go. Couldn't block That's football, man. So there's no woulda, coulda, shoulda. You got your ass kicked. So did your quarterback. And you're crying about it, right? So he throws that out there. So the, the follow-up to that is, he says the other day uh, how much he hates Philadelphia because mm-hmm. all they do is talk trash, all the trash that's been talked since they lost. In really? fact, this is, is that not ironic? It's the total opposite. All the 49ers have done is alibi yes. and excuse and cry yes. since yes. they lost. The Eagles, yes. who had a legitimate beef in the Super Bowl about the worst field conditions in the history of football, 
took the high road and no no player said a word about it. Not one. You know what? All, all the Eagles said, and you know, it was, hey, you know, both teams had to play on the same field. You know, the, you know, a few players said the conditions were bad. They prefaced right. it by saying the field was terrible, but both teams, from the head coach down to the players, both teams had to play on the same field. That's it. Yep. That's it. Here it is, first week of May, hey. and the 49ers are still whining about a game that took place in early January. Seriously? Yes. I, it's crazy, man. It really is. And, you know, A.J. Brown is, has jumped in on it, and he said uh, an hour ago, eight, Debo, a troll, y'all, he don't care. He just want to start up. And he put a couple, you know, kind of, uh, cr- you know, right, laughing, right. crying emojis, right. you know, whatever. So he's having a little fun with it. But, yeah, he addressed it, though. I mean, he got he got uh, got A.J.'s attention. But I'm just, you know, I'm looking at this thing, and I'm saying to myself, dude, you don't get it. If you really feel that way, it's been the total opposite. You guys yes. have been the ones crying, not not Philadelphia. Now, I will say this. Philadelphia fans do talk their share of trash. Sure. But they do give credit where credit is due. They lost the World, as much as they lost the world Series. How many fans, and, and I brought this up on the show the day after they lost the, their deciding game to Houston. Yeah. I was I was, a, I was proud at how many Philadelphia fans say, hey, you know what? They were the better team. As much as it hurts, they were the better team. Same thing when the Chiefs lost. I mean, people, t- people were irate about that pass interference call. But people would say, you know what? They got us. They got us. Well, This is an example of the thought process. So Niners fan, what you want him to say, we're going to lose anyway. No, don't say anything. Take the loss like a man, Niners fan. And why? Because you you got your ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah, Take it like a man instead of a whining, crying, sniveling little baby. That's what I want. It ain't coming back. History is not going to reverse itself. It's over. And they're still talking about what happened in January. Yeah, it's like Debo, really? dude. And I love Debo's a on, phenomenal man. player. I one mean, of, Debo's one of my favorite players in the NFL. I love watching he's the Swiss guy Army knife. Yes. Right. He's like, that, on, he's that Swiss Army knife. can do it all. But you I know what? Him. Stop yeah. crying about it. It's not going to be reverse itself. That's it's over, dude. Move on. Yeah. yeah. That part's weak. Like to me, that part is oh, like goodness. It, it, it's a physical game and people get hurt. It's unfortunate. You'd love everybody to be healthy and just, Hey, this is our best and your best, but it doesn't work that way. And, and especially when your coach is either dumb enough or arrogant enough to try and block Hassan Reddick with a tight end. Give me a break. Yeah. Like yeah, how stupid is that? Dude, that's on you, man. You're trying to stop the, the guy who's, who's a sack machine with a tight end. Give me a break. So anyway, <laughs> it was fun. Uh, it was kind of therapeutic. It, it's, yeah. it's Friday. It's a nice day out. The yard's clean. I was playing Post Malone's Rockstar. It's a clean. You know what? This is the cleansing version of Sports Take today on this Cinco de Mayo gunner day. This is like an enema. I didn't go that far, dude. It's It's a a, sports enema. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me clean it up a little bit. It's a, it's a sports spiritual cleansing on this edition of Cinco de Mayo gunner Sports Take. Yeah, that's what this is. I ain't gonna <laughs> say that animal. Come on, man. I mean, on. Said, we're, we're joking. It's a sports animal. Anyway, let's keep let's keep, uh, let's keep it above sea level here. I no, hear let's you. Keep it above right. the toilet bowl. But I. But here's the thing. As much as um uh you know I'm ripping uh, Debo here, I like it. Let, let's a little smack yeah. talk. Never hurt anybody. Let's have some fun, man. I I do like it. Anyway, all right. So here's what we have today, Gunner. Uh, Mike Sealski is going to be joining <laughs> us next. Sports colonic. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Good one, Dak. Good one. Um, Mike Sealski next. 
2.30, Ed Kratz is going to join us. We'll talk birds, but we come back with Mike. Yeah. We'll hit it all, Derek. Sixers, Eagles, Phillies, everything with Mike when we get back. So don't go anywhere. You know, and, and you know Derek, what? Before before yes, we get to all the t- local teams, I got to ask Mike yeah. right off the bat what we were just discussing. You know, Sports Mike, eight. Yeah. Sports eight. What happened to yeah. it? He's, you yeah. know, he's so insightful with everything he says. I want to get his perspective. Mike, what happened to the sports hate like we had back in the 80s, man? When we hated Boston, when we I hated teams, we look, I, I got to ask him this. I got to ask him. All right, good, good. I'm in, I'm in. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll talk to Mike when we get back. He's Derek, I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's tell you right now about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I know I'm hungry, right? It's Friday. Great day to hit up Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Been going there since I was a kid. They have been family-owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew just cranking out unbelievable fresh food made daily. No sitting under the heat lamp stuff. They offer 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. I get the upside down. But you name it, they'll make it. So you call up, specialized pizza your way, and they will make it that way. And they don't just do pizza. You're not up for pizza tonight? All right. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza is also fully committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. In fact, this Monday and Tuesday, they will be raising funds for the Eagles Autism Challenge and Swoop will be stopping by. Yes, follow Bravo Pizza of Havertown, the Bravo Pizza of Havertown, on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. You can stop by 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. You heard me talk about it. Let's take a little look at Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Always great to catch up with our next guest. Haven't spoken to him in a little bit. Does an amazing job for the Philadelphia Inquirer, of course, WIP. You can hear him on Saturdays with Glenn Macnow from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And his great book, The Rise, Kobe Bryant, which you may be going to your, your local theater or streaming to see someday. Someday soon. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> Mike Sielski. Hi, Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, Rob. Hey, hey, Gunner. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, hey Mike. We're, I got to ask you. Oh, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Ask him, Derek. Because we we had a pretty okay. good debate I, I, uh, last second. Yeah. Go ahead, Gunner. We had a pretty good debate, and, and I love your perspectives on everything. And we were talking about how there's no true rivalries, no true hatred in today's sports team, especially the NBA. Back in the day when I was coming up, you just hated the bad boys in Detroit. You hated the Celtics because they were so doggone good with Bird and all these guys. You don't have any true rivalries left between teams. Like you knew when certain teams hit the floor, fisticuffs are going to fly. Do you agree with that or do you disagree? I missed that era, man. I agree with you completely, Gunner. And I think with respect to the NBA – the NBA is kind of to blame in some ways for this. They have gone out of their way as a league over the last five to 10 years to play to Twitter and to social media and to market the individual players before the rivalries, right? The idea being that if you're a Kevin Durant fan, it doesn't matter where Kevin Durant plays, really. You're going to watch him whether he's with the Phoenix Suns or the Brooklyn Nets or the Golden State Warriors or the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think the league and its marketing tools have kind of downplayed Boston versus LA or Boston versus Philly or Boston versus Detroit. I guess Boston is, is kind of the center of all these rivalries at some level. Um, but LA Sacramento back from the early 2000s, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they, there are only, they, they seem to discount cities and regions that identify with their franchises first as opposed to 
the individual players. And I think you're right. I think that's it's really uh, gone that way in the NBA. And I think it's the, the trend throughout pro sports has been that way, too. Yeah, that's a good answer. And it's too mm, bad. Good point. Uh, mm-hmm. I said in the 80s, you didn't see anybody exchanging jerseys. I, I mean, it just wasn't that way, Mike. And no. I, I think it's free agency. I think it's the promotion, yeah. as you put it. Uh, I, I said with college basketball, it used to be Patrick Ewing's going against Ed, Ed Pickney for four years, and now these guys are there for five minutes, and they either mm-hmm. go pro or they transfer because they didn't get enough minutes. Well, well, you're, you're making a great point there, Rob. And look at the, the rising popularity of women's college basketball. Part of the reason for it is because yes. those players become familiar to the nation at large because they stay at their schools for three or four years. That's part of the reason that mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark great point. took the took the country by storm was that she had been at Iowa Excellent. for a while mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden she's at the peak of her powers in her junior and senior year and she's a familiar name to everybody. So uh, I think it's, a, as you guys said, it's a lot of different factors, but I do think, hey, times have changed. I, I, I wish it were the way it used to be. And uh, I'm not sure it's ever going to be that again. Yeah. Well said, well said, Mike. All right. So speaking of Boston, uh, we got a lot of Boston this weekend, my friend, Uh, Red Sox here to take on the Phillies for a weekend series. And we got the Celtics tonight taking on the Sixers. And then of course they'll play Sunday as well for game four. Let's start with the Sixers. Um, Look, ultimately you got to accomplish what you wanted to accomplish in Boston. You come away with a split, but when you look at it and take a step back, it, Harden had to go nuts. You had to have a lot of stuff kind of go your way in one game. Now, you still won it, whatever. And you won it without Embiid. Next game, you get your doors blown off. Is there is there anything you can take away from that to say it's more of an advantage to the Celtics? Or do you look at the other way and say, Embiid knocked off the Russ game too. You're going to get a different Joel Embiid. Does bode well for the Sixers. How do you view the series? I still view it the same way that I did entering the series, which is to say I would be surprised if – Uh, the Celtics didn't finish the Sixers off in six games. Uh, I think they're the better team. The one thing that the Sixers would need to do, I think, to win this series is petition the NBA to get James Harden nine days off in between games. And they're obviously not going to do that. I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, And I said this the other night when when he was having that 45-point explosion. I don't think it's a coincidence that James Harden's two best uh, games of this postseason were the, his first game against the Nets and his first game against the Celtics because he was coming off of eight wow. and nine day rests. Right. And he's not going to have that luxury. The rest of this series, they're going to play every other day. And you saw what he did the other night uh, with you know 48 hours of rest, and it wasn't good. Uh, and I keep going back to this. The, the Sixers beat the Celtics once this season, once. And it took Joel Embiid scoring 52 points and grabbing 13 rebounds on a yep. night that the Celtics didn't have Jalen Brown or Rob Williams. That does not bode well yeah. for the Sixers in this series. You know, I think everybody hopes things would be different just because it would be nice to see the Sixers break through the second round of the postseason. I'm not optimistic that's going to happen. And, and Mike, here's the thing, too. too. Rob, we, Rob and I were talking about this the other day, and – Rob said, no, we emphatically need Joel to have a chance against Boston. But I had brought up the point, they play better without Joel. They run the floor better. They get everybody more involved. They're more active. There are more guys who are not afraid to take a big shot. You know, and I agree with Rob. If they have an inkling of a chance to beat Boston, you need Joel in the middle because Boston's running up and down the paint 
like it's a you know fire sale at, at Walmart. But did did you see that as well? The flow of the Sixers in the transition game on both ends of the floor is much better when he's not on the floor. Yeah, I mean, that was true in game one. The problem is that the Celtics' flow in transition game was much better without Joel Embiid out there, too. I mean, they shot, what, 85% in the first half. Um, And if they had kept the same measure of intensity and if Joe Mazzulla had adjusted better to some of the the tweaks that Doc Rivers made, uh, you know, we'd be talking about how the Sixers don't have a chance here. Uh, You know, uh, they're not a better team without Joel Embiid, Gunner. They're just not. And I think think it was right for them to bring him back you know, the other night to uh, to kick some of the rust off. But it's really hard for me to see them beating the Celtics. It was hard for me to be, see them beating the Celtics, even with a healthy Embiid. The fact that he's torn yes. this ligament yeah. in his knee, I, I'm just not seeing it, man. That The Celtics can guard Harden and Tyrese Maxey on the perimeter yes. in a way that most yep. teams can't. Right. You have certain players on the Sixers bench who come the postseason – don't look ready for prime time. I'm looking at you, George Niang. Yep. Uh, you know, yeah. they're deeper. The Sixers are deeper than they've been, but they weren't nearly deep enough in years previous. That doesn't mean they're deep enough now. I, yeah. Look, I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but I would be surprised if the Sixers won this series. Very, very surprised. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. I, I think Boston wins the series, too. I think they're better. Um, but here's why, and, and Gunnar and I differed on this, as he mentioned. Whatever it looked like in game two, I think it aids, barring him coming out of it and saying, my knee's killing me, I can't play. But knocking some rust off, and I think they have to sort of reacclimate. not that he was away all that long, but sort of reacclimate to playing with Joel. It's a different style, right? And I think what they tried to do game two, which hurt them, was they, they sort of halved it. Like Embiid obviously can't do everything he normally is accustomed to. I get that. But you, you almost, if he's playing, have to sort of run things, things through him and go back to the pick and roll, him at the nail. You know, I, I don't think the in-between thing works. It's a kind of one or the other when you have him playing. I think that's got to be the strategy, and I hope Doc makes the adjustments because, you know, that should be an advantage, Mike, is the coaching thing with a, with a veteran like Doc as opposed to a rookie mm-hmm. like Joe Mazzulla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it should be, Rob. Um, and the other factor that you have to think about, and this is the, the reason that Embiid's injury hurts the Sixers so much, is that do the Celtics feel the need to double him? That's, that's kind of at the core of this, is if they feel like because he's hurt, they can play him straight up and they're not going to rush to double him, then they're not going to leave any of the shooters open on the perimeter. You're not going to leave Tobias Harris open. You're not going to leave mm-hmm. Maxi open. Right. You're not going to, you know... There, there, there's no option for Embiid to kick the ball out. He got yeah. he's he'd gotten so much better at that this season, mm-hmm. at you know understanding where the double team was coming from, finding the open man, and they would just shoot three after three after three. If the Celtics don't have to leave a man to guard Embiid because he's hurt, you know how do you adjust to that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's and it's going to come down to I'm afraid a guy like a Maxi or a Harden trying to create his own shot on the perimeter and. That doesn't bode well for Harden without a big long rest, and it doesn't seem to bode particularly well for Maxi, uh, based on the, his history against the Celtics. So Doc Rivers is going to have to come up with something, or you know, one of these guys, whether it's Harris or you know a guy off the bench, is going to have to you know score beyond what he usually does uh, for them to to make a series of this. Look, I think there'll be a boost tonight. I think the fact that Embiid is getting the MVP award right. and it's a home game and he's back. I think that stands to give the Sixers some juice. The question is whether that's going to be enough juice for them to, to win tonight and kind of 
uh, give themselves a shot in this series. Right. Mike, when you, when you look at Embiid is laboring with an injury that he himself said normally takes four to six weeks to heal. And you've got to you've got to uh, drag that that hardware around with you. Well, it does affect your mobility, and and, and no matter how much of a, a professional warrior you are, you are, you think about it at times. Now he played twenty seven minutes in game two. Do you think that's going to be the theme for the rest of this series in terms of picking and choosing minutes? He might have to stay around twenty to thirty uh, twenty seven to thirty minutes uh, just to be a viable entity on the floor for this team. I'm not sure they can afford to have him play just 27 minutes in a close yeah. game, Gunner. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, in a way, they got a break that they got blown out as badly as they did so they could get him off the floor right. and, and get him some rest. I do think we, we will continue to see uh, what we saw in game two in terms of the substitution patterns between him and Paul Reed, that they're going to play mm-hmm. him for shorter stretches, bring Reed in, then get Embiid back in there rather than have Embiid play the entire first quarter and then rest for the first seven or eight minutes of the second quarter. I think it's going to be shorter bursts, but I do think they're going to have to play Joel more because he's just that important to them. And, you know, I really do think game one was kind of an anomaly in that regard that, you know, that you're going to be able to go back and forth with the Celtics like that without him. Uh, I just think they need him out there. All right, Mike, let, let's turn our sights to the draft. I, I do want to get to some Phillies with you too, but um, you know, it, it's pretty universal whether you're talking about, and I get it, you know, from, from Eagles fans perspective, sometimes it's, it's green colored glasses, the excitement level for this, but even nationally uh, what they were able to do to get Carter and, and Nolan Smith and Keely Ringo and Sidney Brown, et cetera, trade for Swift um, certainly came with some risk with certain guys, namely Carter, but give me your thoughts on the draft and what the Eagles were able to do. Yeah, look, Rob, I mean, we're not going to know for four or five years. You know, I, I don't know whether Jalen Carter or Nolan Smith uh, are going to turn out to be the next iterations of Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick. Uh, all you can do is evaluate a, a team in the immediate aftermath of a draft on what did they what did they need and what did they want to do and did they accomplish that? And I think by that standard, the Eagles did very well for themselves. They needed help and depth along the defensive line. They were able to address that. Uh, they added a quarterback, which kind of goes under the radar, which I think is a good thing. Uh, you always need depth at quarterback. Uh, and yeah, I think they, they did very well. The question of whether Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith and all these guys they got, whether they can actually play, you know, my feeling on this is that nobody really knows that Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf was a real thing back in 1998. And if that was a real thing, then the entire the entire question of the draft and and whether a team did well or didn't do well is kind of a ridiculous exercise because nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you think that um, when you look at uh, the attributes of, of a Jalen Carter, do you think because of that he was considered one of the top D linemen in all the draft? You think he slides in from day one as a starter on this defensive line? I think it's possible, Gunner. Uh, I do. Good. I think. Um, Look, they've got depth along there, and it's going to be kind of a dogfight to see who's going to get the snaps. And I know they want to talk about rotations and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, it's possible. I mean, he's that talented. Uh, The questions about Jalen Carter aren't about whether he can play football. He can play. question is, you know, how how, uh, sound is his decision-making and how mature is he both on the field and off the field? Uh, so we'll see, but look, you, you've also got Jordan Davis, you know, coming back after what was basically a red shirt year. Uh, you've got Fletcher Cox back, uh, you know, for one more season. Uh, 
you've got a lot of depth along that line. At some point, I would think some point during this season, there's going to be, and there kind of has to be a transition there from the Fletcher, the Fletches and the Brandon Grahams to the yep. Jordan Davises and the Josh Sweats taking more and more snaps. That how, that's how this has to go. Because if the Eagles, by the end of the 2023 season, are still relying on Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham to the degree that they did last season, that means some of their younger guys haven't been haven't been developing and progressing mm. the way they would have wanted. Mike, okay. where does Howie Roseman's rise, I'm not going to say fall, but step back, rise again. Speaking of rise. Uh, no pun I intended. I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I can see the Amazon numbers climbing as You're we welcome. speak. Rob. You're welcome, my friend. <laughs> um, but... Where does that rank for you? Like, I think it's as unique a Philadelphia sports story as we've ever had. I, I, I am. I don't think that's hyperbole. I, I mean, I can't. I don't know what the comp is, but it's it's really strange. Here's what makes it crazy, Rob. Usually, you see uh, a coach or an athlete or an executive rebound like this somewhere else, right? right? In, in the midst of us talking right now, I'm I'm writing a column about Dave Hackstall. The former Flyers head coach mm. who now has the Seattle Kraken in the second round of the NHL playoffs. And they've already bounced the defending Stanley cup champs from here, you know, from the, mm. from the postseason. Hackstall was regarded as like a complete failure here, which always kind of puzzled me at some degree, but he certainly has learned and developed, you know, what it takes to be a really good NHL head coach. But he did a lot of that learning in Philly and couldn't implement it. And is now implementing it in Seattle. Terry Francona. Right. Terry Francona, Gabe Kapler to a certain degree. You don't often see that happen with an individual who stays in the fr- with the franchise or the organization. And that's, I think, what makes Howie so interesting. Right. Even Bill Belichick had to learn what he was doing at in Cleveland mm. before he could go become this great coach with Tom Brady in New England. Uh, the fact that that Jeffrey Lurie just didn't kick Howie out the door and, and kept him in the side room for that year and that Howie actually came back and seemed to have grown up and learned and figured out how to really be a top flight general manager. It's a remarkable thing. I, I'm not sure there is a precedent for this, Rob, in, in Philly sports. I, you know, I really wonder about that. I really have to take a good long look. Mike, I want to go back to Jordan Davis for just a moment. How much more pressure do you think is on him this year comp- compared to his rookie year, even with the wealth of talent they have in the trenches? I think a fair amount, Gunner, um, not just because they used a first round pick on him and not because not just because he came in with a fair amount of hype and, you know, was hurt last year and didn't get to to show what he could do, presumably. Uh, But also because I think there's a growing trend in the NFL where teams are going to be running the ball more. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think I've mentioned this to you guys before. Teams ran the ball last year for more yards per carry than in something like 25 years in the NFL. They didn't run it more, but they ran it more effectively. Teams like the Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons, because so many defenses are built now to defend the pass and have so much smaller defenders that certain teams realized, oh, okay, well, we can run the ball down uh, our opponent's throats. The Eagles figured out that they could do that. The Falcons had Marcus Mariota, who had a lousy season as their starter, which is why he's going to be the Eagles' backup. And they were able to win six or seven games because they just ran the ball at people and beat them up. So uh, in, a, in an NFL like that, Jordan Davis becomes really important uh, because he's supposed to be able to stop the run at the point of attack. Uh, and if he can't do that or if he's not effective 
uh, and being able to do that, then, you know, the Eagles are going to have an issue, I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I, it's you're right, because they're lighter behind them, for sure. The front's yeah. going to take care the, of it. The middle of that defense is is quite literally, this. you know, it's like a donut in, in yeah. some ways, right? I mean, where did Travis Kelsey catch all those passes in the Super Bowl? Right. You know, it was over nope. the middle. Now, he's Travis Kelsey. Nobody can cover him, but the Eagles struggled against opponents throwing the ball to the middle of the field all season. Yes. Yeah, and the irony is you almost felt like last year they sort of came to somewhat of a, a realization that we probably need to upgrade this from what we've had. You know, and they did, and everything kind of just bounced their way in terms of free agency and, and, and whatever, but they elected to let T.J. Edwards go and and really didn't get a crazy contract from the Bears. He might have just wanted to go home. I don't know, mm-hmm. but he's gone, White's gone, and now all of a sudden you're in yeah. the smaller Nicholas Morrow and N'Kobe Dean unproven, also small, like, ooh, here we go again you know, kind of mode. Yeah. Look guys, this is, this is the formula that the Eagles are following, right? Is that there are going to be certain years where you're going to say, okay, they're kind of set everywhere. They need to be set. Uh, You know, they've got guys on the back end of their primes, guys like, you know, Brandon Graham, Kelsey, guys like that. And you have some young up and comers who have already shown that they can play, whether it's Devontae Smith or, you know, to a certain degree, a Kenny Gainwell, you know, Hurts certainly falls into that category. Uh, and then you're going to have years like this year where there are just are more question marks. And you have to count on Howie and that front office staff uh, to have drafted well enough and the coaching staff to have de- developed these guys enough that they can fill in. It's one of the great unknowns in any, you know, league in pro sports is like a guy who's been here a year or two and hasn't really gotten a shot. How good is he going to be? And that's what they're asking themselves about Jordan Davis, as you said, Gunner about Nicobe Dean and about a few other guys mm. on this roster. Mm. You, do you think this team will come close to winning 14 games again this year? I mean, here we are. It's way too early. But they have the bullseye on their t- – they're the second team in the NFL right now with the biggest bullseye on their backs. And as we know, anytime you get to a Super Bowl, the road to get back again becomes much more difficult i.e. in this case, the schedule is a little bit more difficult than last year. Do you think it's feasible they can win 14 games again this year? No, they're not going to win 14 games. I would be stunned if that happened. Doesn't mean they're not going to be a good team. Doesn't mean they're not going to make the playoffs. Doesn't mean they won't have a shot. Just, I mean, they were were incredibly good last season. If Jalen Hurts plays in the last couple games of the regular season, they probably lose only one game. The entire year, mm-hmm. maybe they lose in Dallas on Christmas Eve, but you're talking about a 15 and two team, maybe a 16 and one team. Uh, so th- they're not going to be that again, and that's okay because you can't be that every year. Uh, right. You just, you know, it's just not possible in the NFL. And there are going to be teams a that surprise you. There always are, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and there are going to be Gunner, as you said, teams that are better. Like that Jets yes. game gets a whole lot more interesting because Aaron Rodgers is there than it would have been with. I don't know, pick your bad quarterback yeah, who yeah. the Jets have had yeah. in the past. So yeah, the Milf Hunter and yeah. Mike White. 50 year old <laughs> Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All of that. Yep. Yes. Um, all right, Mike, let, let's jump to the fills here. It's been, you felt like they were starting to kind of get there. Four straight series wins. Uh, your two aces had pitched well. The bullpen had been pretty lights out, and you knew Harper was returning. Now, there's no crime in losing to the Dodgers. We we know how good the Dodgers are, but some tough games to watch. I mean, doors blown off the first two up five, nothing with Nola on the mound in the third game only to be given up and lose 10, six. And they come back here 15 and 17 again, not the end of the world. It's early, but 
you'd like to see them really start to string together some quality baseball. And we haven't seen that, whether it's fits and spurts at the bat, pitching not good enough, sloppy defense, base running. They haven't really been able to get their act together the first month plus yet. No, they haven't. Um, you know, I mean, that was slow pitch softball for that Dodgers series. That Ooh. was that was really bad uh, in terms of pitching. Uh, and, you know, it's a shame. It's great Bryce Harper's back, but, I mean, he had Tommy John surgery. He can't pitch either. <laughs> so, uh, look, it, you're right, Rob. It's early yet. I do think that the, the long run that they had last season is clearly taking its toll on some of these guys. Uh, you know, Nola's velocity is down. I think he's learning to kind of – negotiate each game with a fastball that's at 91, 92, as opposed to 94, 95, which is what he was throwing frequently last season. Uh, but they've got to, they got to sort themselves out. They just do. And, you know, we, we can say it's early and it is, but at some point they've got to go on a run here of like, you know, a, a six and one run or something along those lines. I think just to kind of give themselves a sense of like, okay, we still are the team, you know, at our core that we were last season. Uh, and, and look, you, we can also get to a point where we are assigning expectations to them that might be a little higher than they ought to be because they had a great, great month last year. I mean, let's be honest here. From the beginning of October to the beginning of November, they were terrific and they got to the World Series and it was tremendous but they were also the last team to get into the postseason last year. And they were staggering down the stretch a little bit, you know, that, that run of the series allows people to forget that like, it was dicey there for a yeah. while. They were losing to the Cubs at Wrigley when the Cubs were God awful and was like, right. what's going on here? You know, th that season on the whole was pretty tortured until they got into October. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the torture is a little bit earlier this year um, and they've got to play their way out of it. No, no question about it. Mike, I, I can't even give them, um, I can't even give them the built-in excuse of the multitude of injuries they've had um, on this team because this roster, especially at the plate, is still too deep for them to be as inconsistent as they've been. There's no excuse for this team being held to two hits by any team in the majors as they were the other night against the Dodgers. And we understand there's so many ebbs and flows in baseball. But, there's some, you know, you get a good outing from Nola one night, he gets shelled the next night. Same thing with Wheeler. Same, you know, same thing with uh, everybody else on that rotation. Even Alvarado got jacked up a little bit, you know. Um, it's just I don't understand where this measure of inconsistency has come from. It's still early, yes, but you've got enough games on your belt now that there should be some leveling out with this team, especially against inferior opponents. Yeah, there probably ought to be. And and maybe, Gunner, maybe there, there will be. You know, maybe this is one of those – those teams that's kind of like, you know, when they're good, they're really good. And when they're bad, they're hard. And we're going to go uh. through a stretch here where, you know, Trey Turner starts knocking the cover off the ball and Harper gets his timing relatively quickly. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say baseball is such a long season and such yeah. a slog and it's easy, you know, baseball, I think more than any other sport really suffers from, because of the media and sports discussion landscape we have nowadays, right. because we right. break every game down yep. to yep. its absolute idiosyncratic facts and developments. And it's like, baseball is not <laughs> like that. You know, baseball is 162 games. It's not 17. It's not even 82. So on the one hand, yeah, they've got to play better. They absolutely do. The other hand, they've got a lot of time. 
they do have a lot of time. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement, Mike. Uh, last one on Harper. 160 days removed from surgery. He was in the lineup three nights ago. I'm good. The doctors sign off. I'm good. There are a lot of people that said this guy's rushing it. You know, it may not, you may not see it the first couple games, but this may take a long-term effect or toll. Where do you fall with, with bringing Harper back that quickly? Well, first of all, I want Nick Sirianni to weigh in on this because he told me that Jalen Hurts heals faster than me and runs faster than me and can poop better than me. And I want to hear what he has to say about Bryce Harper. So that's number one. Come on. Um, I don't have a problem with it. If the doctor signed off on it, the doctor signed off on it. Uh, I am, I am pleased anytime, generally speaking, and this, this kind of applies to sports outside of the NFL, um, where a guy wants to play for his team. Um, we hear so much discussion now about, uh, you know, rest in the NBA and all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, if, if Bryce Harper is going to come back and play through this, I'm okay with that. As long as the doctors say it's okay. I think it's different in the NFL. I think, you know, the possibility for catastrophic injury is so much higher in that sport that I'll never begrudge a player, uh, for putting his health first. Uh, but in a sport like baseball or even pro basketball, it's kind of refreshing to see a guy, you know, doing what Embiid has done in this series. Like I'm going to play, mm-hmm. uh, you know. There, there's something to be said for that. Is it, is it, does it hold true in every single situation? No, but I'm okay with it. All right, Mike. Mike, last, last one for me. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, last one for me. Do you think Thompson should just leave Stout in the leadoff spot? It seems he is the igniter in that offense. I'm sick of him bouncing him back and forth. I think he's much more effective and, 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 and a much better hitter, a contact hitter getting on base when he's in that leadoff spot and letting everybody slide back one. I wouldn't mind seeing that Gunner. Uh, you know, he got off to such a great start that, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing what he can do there. Now, look, the, the, the issue with that is, is that all of a sudden Bryson Stott becomes the guy in your lineup who's getting more at bats than anybody else. And mm-hmm. in a lineup with Trey Turner and Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos and JT Romuto, do you want Bryson Stott necessarily getting more at bats over the course of a season than all of those guys that I'm not sure about. But it, you were you're right. He was a spark, and so maybe this is the kind of t- this is the time where you say, you know what, we're going to put Bryson at the top there and and see if he can get us going. And and if if Turner and Harper and the rest of the guys start to hit, then maybe you can start to experiment a little bit more. Okay. All right, Mike, did we get did we get the uh, glasses taken care of? Are we good? Mike had some. <laughs> Are we good? I'm, I'm a week out from getting new ones, Rob. I had to I had to take the broken ones and go at them with electrical tape. So were you I'm, taped I'm, up right in the middle? Were you doing like a slap shot? the side, and I use oh. black I use black tape, so I don't look too much like Buddy Holly when I wear them. Okay. But they're pretty close. <laughs> I was hoping for a Hanson brother kind of. Look. Yeah, you know, very much like George McFly vibes. You know. It's intimidating, Mike. That's it. That's, <laughs> oh, I, I like man. that look for you. All right. We'll catch you tomorrow, right? 10 a.m. To, to 1 p.m. with Glenn Mack now. And, of course, yep. uh, Jody McDonald is I'm on with tomorrow. With Jody tomorrow. Okay. okay. Yep. Uh, Mike and Jody tomorrow. And I uh, love your love work in the show. Empire, Mike. Keep up the good work, man. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Have All a great weekend. Yep. Take care. Thank you, Mike Thank you. All right, Gunnar, let's get a quickie in here. Let, let's pick up on some of that Sixer discussion and, and get into some of the uh, the finer points here uh, when we come back. We got our NFL segment coming up. Some interesting stuff coming out of the NFL, a discrimination lawsuit, which we'll get into. Uh, yeah, man. We'll do some Phillies. Uh, we will do some birthdays. And uh, Ed Kratz uh, from SI will be joining us at 2.30. So you don't want to go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. 
Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a challenge. That's for sure. And I'm right there in the front of that line. But I can tell you from personal experience that someone I trust is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether that's you know, retirement planning, if you're looking at your insurance policy and you're not really thrilled with what you're seeing, employee benefits, if you have your own business, that's something else that Jim can help you with. And the other thing is, if you're not really sure and you're, you know, hey, I, I wonder if he can help me, just reach out, just give him a call. I know I've, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. 610-996-4751. That's how you reach him. 610 996 you could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team in town. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... I know it's not easy, but they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Cinco de Mayo. Friday, Friday, Cinco de yes. Mayo, gonna day, baby. 
<laughs> you know, uh, everybody, that's Gunner. I am Rob. We're hanging out with you on this Friday. Getting you set for a big weekend in Philadelphia sports. You got the Sixers Celtics tonight, game three, huge one, Gunner. You got the Phillies and the Red Sox coming up. And we have Eagles rookie minicamp underway. I have number Woo-hoo! updates for you. Are you ready for number updates, Derek Gunn? Yes. Okay. Let's do this thing. Nolan Smith wear, will wear number three. Number three. All right. For the Eagles, All right. Okay. Uh, Jalen Carter, 98. 98. He will be clocking in. Uh, Says he likes his 98. Yes. So there you go. That's a, If I get more, I'll pass them along. I'm trying to give you every update we get uh, as they're uh, – Nolan Smith said during the lead-up, the the, pro, the draft process, if you will, he dropped a couple of pounds. He's going to get back up to what he weighed when he played at Georgia. So he'd like to play a little bit heavier than what he was okay. uh, he was weighing in at recently, which is fine. You know, whatever. As long as he keeps that quickness and speed, I don't – Put on some LBs, man. Do do your thing. Um, but he said, you know, it's been great to be in the building. He's already working on a signature pass rush move with Jeremiah Washburn, who's the Eagles defensive line coach. Um, and he's you know, Jalen Carter says he made sure he's in better shape now than he was at his pro day. I would hope so. Um, mm-hmm. But there are just a couple of the things that we're getting. Sidney Brown will wear number 43. Uh, when asked uh, what he's been doing to get caught up on the playbook, he said, quote, Study, 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 study. Uh, so there you go. That's that's what I got so far. There you go. Uh, from the, that's what you and, and the report, yeah, and the reports are that Tanner McKee is gigantic. He is a, a large human being. So there you go. Uh, that's what we that's have a big so man. far. Was six six, six six and what, thick what too. Apparently, six, he's got some he's got some geez. arms that are like tree trunks. Apparently, according to to the folks. So there you go. Um, wow. I like that. I like Nolan Smith with single digit. You know, he wore four. I think at Georgia, he's wearing three now. Our, our producer tone says, I feel like Nolan Smith is going to crush it this season. There's something about that guy that's magnetic. Ooh, okay. That's a profound statement right there. Magnetic. Yeah. Look, I, um, I can't disagree. You know, I can't disagree. I, I just think with this team, with the draft, with you got a nice combination of guys who, who kind of fell a little bit, probably too far uh, with talent with some things to prove uh, i i think it's a nice little mix i do and yep. i think there's opportunity for these guys to get on the field and play i do i do too yeah i do yeah. too and especially considering the conference they came from the sooner you get them on the field the better no get doubt. all that speed out there all that speed yeah. all that power get it out there right now they're yeah. gonna need all the help they can get this this uh season yeah all right we'll, we'll get more into the birds in a second i want to hit you with this i usually give you the on this date a little later i'm gonna give you an early one right uh-huh. now Okay. 22 years ago today, Allen Iverson received his MVP trophy in Philadelphia uh, when the Sixers, you know, leading the Sixers wow. to that NBA Finals run against the Lakers. So that was 22 years ago today that he got that. Interestingly enough, uh, Joel Embiid will get his MVP trophy. It's now called the Michael Jordan Trophy. He will get that tonight yeah. prior to game three with the Sixers and the Celtics. Uh, look, I know anytime, you know, you want home court advantage anytime, but I think in particular tonight, Gunner, that place is going to be on fire. I mean, Embiid gets the MVP. You know, they're back. He's playing. It's the Celtics. Wells Fargo is going to be rocking tonight. You came home with a 1-1 split. Most people thought you'd be coming home 0-2. You got a 1-1 split. You have a you have a chance, a great chance tonight in your backyard to regain the series advantage again. The MVP is on the floor. Philly hates Boston. Boston hates Philly. You know some Boston fans are going to be in the house also. 
it's going to be like the Hatfields and the McCoys in that building tonight, man. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Can't wait. All right. So I think a couple of things, and we sort of touched on this with Mike, but I want to just dig us a little bit deeper here uh, for a second. A couple of things the Sixers need to do. One, they only forced five turnovers, Derek, in game two. Boston was Mm -hmm. a lot more careless with the ball in game one. That's during the first 47 minutes. They got a garbage one late, one or two. They have got to be more active on the defensive end, whether that's deflections, tips, uh, strips, you name it. Defensively, they have got to up the ante here or they're going to get, they're not going to win, period. Well, oh, and they've got to be more active on the offensive glass. You know, they didn't get an offensive rebound until a 930 mark in the second quarter the other night. You're not going to beat Boston like that. You need those second and third chances playing this team, man. This is a team that tells you we are going to shoot 53s. Now, you saw what happened when they only shot 26 the first game. What the right. same Boston. <clears throat> when, they, when they rained down 53s, look at the difference in that team, and then look at the margins of difference in the overall play between the two teams. Mm-hmm. You better be more. You better be on the pogo stick on the offensive glass tonight, because Boston's crashing everything, and they're off and running. And your big man can't get down the court to defend against Boston's transition game, like their people can get back to defend your transition game. Yeah, you got to be all facets tonight, dude. No, I agree. It's all it's all hands on deck. And I, I think the other part too, and this is what I mentioned with Mike, but I, I just to further go into it a little bit. I. I you know, and I get it. If Joel says I can't do this, I can't do it. Okay, but get him down there on the perimeter. Get him at the nail. Let and I maybe he didn't want to get down there because the knee's killing him, and he just can't dig in and post up the way he would like to. Maybe I mean that's possible. But I want to get him back to what he does best, and I want to run it through him. And if that's not the case, then just play defense for me and let Harden go crazy if if he can possibly do it. It's got to be one or the other. They have it the other night, and I get it, but they got to get back to what they are. Running it him through him though at less than a hundred percent, it means the timing's off a little bit in a lot of ways. Because yeah. you saw every time he put the fall on the ball on the floor and tried to back in, you see somebody from Boston collapsing on the other side trying to come in p- around and pick his pocket. Mm-hmm. So now that's in his mind. He can't just put the ball on the floor. He's got to see where all the components are first. That messes up your rhythm and timing because they're gonna they're gonna slap at the ball. There's yep. no question Boston is gonna slap at the ball. And try to get in his head and frustrate him. And Maxie's been in foul trouble basically two games now. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is about this Boston team that gets in the Sixers' heads, it didn't happen the first game as much. But it sh- well, it, it did to a certain degree because Maxie had five fouls. He played half of that fourth quarter with five yep. fouls. Yep. But they've got to get over this, whatever this mindset is, that Boston does well against them. Because that was a true Boston team we saw Wednesday night against the 76ers. Not that team that played Monday. And Boston knows that now. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right about that. And and I don't I do think that at least getting him the the 27 minutes that he got the other night, I think conditioning helps him. I think he knows what his limitations are, what he can still do. I think he's going to be that much better. Uh, he's, he only had nine field goal attempts in game two. There's no way that yes. happens again. I That's just not going to happen. No. no, no, I don't see that. That's Plus, look, and we're always going to focus on Embiid, but we all know, obviously, others have to help him. And whether that's Harden, whether that's Maxi, Tobias, I, I'm not going to knock Tobias. He's had a good playoff, period. Um, but other the bench, Melton, where were you, man? 
These guys all have to step up and help him. He can't do it by himself, especially against yeah. this team. Here's the other thing. You know Tatum is coming coming guns a-blazing tonight after the way he played. Ooh, he had seven points the other night. Yeah, I still can't get trouble the whole game. Him and Horford had a combined three for 17, 12 points combined. Yeah. And they still won by as many points as they won against the Sixers team. You know that's not going to happen with Tatum tonight. You know yeah. it. He's now, that'll be offset tonight. because I don't think Smart is going to play as well offensively. He's not the scoring right. type that you right. saw the other night. So maybe that evens out a little, but that's one to keep your eye on. Tone asks us a question in the in the private chat. He says, yes. yep. do you guys think they'll create more off-the-ball actions for Embiid to get him easy scoring opportunities? Yes, I think that's – I do. You have to. One. And that's, yes. that's where it's incumbent upon Doc – Hopefully, with the adjustments made in the last, you know, in between games, that we're going to see more of that just to get him something clean as opposed to just this laborious sort of banging or guys in his grill kind of thing. Uh, there's no question about it. You, the doc has got to, doc has got to flip the script, you know, to get your big man more open opportunities, a more one on one situation. And basically, that, ta- that entails your, your long range marksman being hitting more bullseyes tonight. You've got, if you start knocking down the threes, you're going to open up that Boston defense and then B is going to have more one situations down low. Whereas that open three is not there. Dump it down him before Boston can collapse. And whether he goes, you know, a shoulder down straight to the hoop or that nice little soft fadeaway or a soft jumper in the paint that he likes to take, you got to do whatever you can to free that man up. You got to keep Boston a half step behind you, which I don't know if they can do, but that's your only chance against this Boston team, unless Boston just flat out is off again tonight, which I don't think is going to happen. Right. I agree. Look, it, it's, it's, you know, Boston knows they just have to withstand the initial rush. It's going to be loud. Crowd's going to be crazy. You know, the Sixers are going to feed off that early, but the Sixers also can't let down after that, after things sort of calm down a little bit or if Boston gets no, on a run, no. whatever. That's where it's incumbent upon the Sixers to just keep the, you know, don't dig yourself holes and don't expect to have to be bailed out no. by 45 from no. Harden with a no. you know a long three with somebody in his face to win the game. You just can't expect that kind of stuff. Just take care of your business. Cause Derek, you lose this, you're not winning this series. I can tell you that right no, now. I don't I don't think so. I don't think so, Rob. And and you know, people keep talking about the inexperience of the Boston head coach, but he it, I think it goes beyond that. You have a nucleus of players who've been down this road consecutive years. They know what to do. It's like you've got five coaches on the floor. They know each other well. They know the moves. You know, it's not like you got a new coach with a whole new roster of players. This ain't Brooklyn. This is a whole different step up from Brooklyn. These guys know what it takes to get the job done. You got a team full of assassins on that other side over there, man. You know, so we can say what we want to say about the coach, but. This is a veteran playoff tested Boston team that have been together for at least a couple of years now. And that a lot of times that can supersede the inexperience of a head coach, a young head coach. Yeah. Well said, well said. And that, that right. That's the other part. You know, I felt like doc out coached him in game one game two is just, yes. I'm not laying yes. that on doc. I, it was just a, it, look, Boston was going to come back hard. They lost game one. You knew what it was going to be and, and yes. it is what it is. So, um, it's like it's look, like what Golden State did to the Lakers last night. Great comp. Yep. Yeah. I think you're right on with that. That's a great comp. And we'll talk about that game in a second. Uh, so Sixers, Derek, are two-point underdogs in this game. Mm-hmm. They are dogs at home in this game. Two is about a toss-up sort of thing. But yes, it's usually two, two and a half go to the home team. So, you know, Vegas is expecting Vegas or, or Boston to win this game. 
So three consecutive games now, the Sixers have been the dogs. They were 10-point dogs the first two games. Now they're a two-point dog. You're right. Vegas does not have a lot of faith in the 76ers against this team. It's understandable because if you're really being honest, a lot of Sixers fans don't have a lot of faith against Boston, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, if you're really well, being so. honest, especially especially with a less than healthy Embiid. And Embiid, yeah. who's hampered by carrying it hardware around, who's playing on an injury that normally takes four to six weeks to heal up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if we're, yeah. if we're really being honest about it, we just want them to be competitive. Now, can they shock the world? Absolutely. We see the sports mm-hmm. all the time. But if you're being honest about it, you know, I just want to see how, how far this series can go. How far can they take them? Yeah. You know, to be honest. Yeah. If I was a I betting man, if I bet money, I'm betting everything I had on Boston in the series. I agree. I think I, the Sixers win tonight. But but I agree yeah. with you ultimately. I do. Yeah. Um, all right, let me let me just throw. I'm, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I want to throw this at you. Um, the, the the kid the the Eagles took very the last player in the draft, uh, Moro Ojomo, the, the defensive tackle from Texas. Did yeah. you know this? So he was so advanced uh, as a student that he enrolled in kindergarten at three, and enrolled at, at Texas at sixteen. He graduated high school at sixteen. Yeah. Did you yeah. know this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa. You know what though? You see that occasionally. There's students like that all over America. He reminds me of the kid, uh, uh, the show Young Sheldon. You ever watch that show? Yeah, it's the spinoff. That of, show's uh, funny, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yep. That kid, yeah. that kid is funny, man. But but yeah, you know what? Some, I'm surprised he's not a you know a physicist or a, a, a biologist or you know he chose football instead. You know, but you know more power to him. But the thing yeah. is, the dude has that. That's a guy. That's one of the guys you know. Whenever he decides to quit football, he has he don't have a worry in the world about what he's going to do in his life after football, man. Yeah, are yeah. you kidding me? I was fine. just happy to graduate high school at eighteen. Are you kidding well, me? You want to talk? Me too. You want to talk about a quick way to win over Eagles fans? He said he's a big fan of Reggie White, Jerome Brown, and Brian Dawkins. So he go. is a smart man. If, if we, in case there we didn't go. realize that already, he's a smart man. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll we'll continue to give you little tidbits from the rookies who are meeting with the media uh, as well. But so tonight, Derek, we know we have the Sixers and the Celtics game three. Beyond that, we also get Nuggets and Suns game three goes back to Phoenix. Mm. Uh, Denver up 2-0. I think Phoenix probably wins this game, but I feel like they're just in some trouble here. Chris Paul's injury. Uh, it, it feels like it's Denver series, and I don't. I don't necessarily think Denver's unbeatable, but I think they're going to win this right. series. Have you uh, have you seen any updates on Chris Paul yet with that groin no. injury? No. Okay. I'm, so I'm looking right I, now to see if there's anything. No. I, I think Phoenix wins one of the two. I don't know about tonight. I think they win one of the two. He's ruled uh, out, Derek. He's Sorry, out. He's ruled out. He's out. Yeah. I don't feel good about them winning this game tonight. Then I, I really yeah. don't. I mean, you know, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are going to be blazing tonight. You know that. You know it's coming. But I don't know. I mean, Denver has so many sharpshooters they can count on. Denver doesn't play great defense, but they make you pay on offense in so many different ways. Yeah. You know. Yep. And I still can't get over how Jokic is considered one of the best players in the game. That dude is slow as pond water, man. I'm telling you. I mean, he gets to his spots though. I don't know he how he gets does to it. his spots. He has an off balance, nasty looking flip shot. He likes to do. Uh-huh. He's slow off the dribble, but you can't stop him. You look up, he's got 35 points. Like yeah. where, how'd he get this? Where'd this come from? Yeah, it's amazing. He's crafty. Too yeah. I think I never was too versatile for, for, for our Phoenix this season. 
Yeah, Paul's status for game four, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, is still up in the air, too. So we don't uh, even know if he's going to be able to go game four. So that's uh, – yeah, that's not great. Um, oh, something else we didn't get to, and I meant to get to early. Uh, Mike Budenholzer got fired yep. uh, by the Bucks. You're, you know, as you, you follow the Bucks very closely, he's out. Yeah. Um, you know, he won a title with them, their first one in 50 years, uh, a couple years back. They won 58 games this year. They were the one seed. They entered the playoffs, you know, as the one seed and they got bounced. And, you know, look, he didn't, he didn't have a necessarily great year. There were some things he, he challenged early in, in that, in yeah. that heat series in, in a game, which was. And he didn't shaky. challenge late when he should have. Yeah. Mismanagement of the clock. This, this Bucks team, Rob, was built to go deep this season. Yeah. They, they Across the board, the experts kept talking. Every time they'd be on a broadcast, this is the deepest team in the NBA. Deeper than Golden State, deeper than Denver in terms of sharpshooters. They lost back-to-back games with double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. And you know what? In the world we live in, what have you done lately? I mean, this was a team that was just two years removed mm-hmm. from winning the NBA title. And they had the best record in the NBA. And obviously, the brass in Milwaukee felt there's no way we as a number one seed should have lost to a depleted Miami team. I mean, think about it. You know, no hero. They lose hero the first game. Then right. they lose Oladipo the second game. You know, Jimmy Butler's playing with back spasms. And you lose 4-1 to one to Miami. Mm-hmm. And it's not often you see a team that wins 54, 58 games bounce the head coach. But obviously the Bucs had, had, had bigger had a bigger vision than what transpired on that court in the playoffs and it cost him his job. So Yeah, no question. Um you know, the the tough part, and this is you know, well, there's two things. Let me just add. It, yeah. It's crazy. The previous four coaches, if you you know, if you add Budenholzer in there, it's Budenholzer. Yeah. Nick Nurse, uh, Vogel, who won it with the Lakers in, in the bubble year, four have been fired over the the, you know, the yeah. last. It's crazy how how this happens, man. You just you don't get much leash anymore. I but think the other since thing 2019, is, four, yeah, four have been fired in that category. The the other tough thing for him, his brother died in a car accident during that series, man, and he kept. Coaching. I think it was I think it was prior to Game Four. Yeah. Oh. Oh my goodness. That's rough. That's which rough, which man. makes which makes it seems like the Bucks organization is insensitive considering yeah. what he, he went through and he stayed there and coached. He had a built-in excuse not to be there. Yeah. And I think yeah. he was I think he's the youngest of seven kids. You know, he, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. And the fact that he stayed and coached and to have his tenure end the way it did doesn't look good for the Bucks organization. But you know, I haven't seen a lot of public outcry in terms of you know, Milwaukee's organization is sensitive to a coach going through what, the, the tragedy of losing a, a, a loved one. I haven't seen much of that, which I'm shocked in some ways, considering yeah, the social media world we live in nowadays. Yeah, you just look, it, 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 you ask yourself, could they have just waited maybe a week? Just give it yeah, a little yeah. bit of breathing room. Um, yeah. and, then, and then from a business organizational standpoint, they look at it and they say, we got to get on candidates right now. Yeah. It's a tough call. It really is. It's a tough call one way or the other. But yeah, right, he's and I think I think Nick Nick Nurse is the next head coach. To be honest, I do too. Hundred yeah. percent. Think it's Nick Nurse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Beyond that, finally, they haven't played since Tuesday. But you have the this Knicks and the Heat playing tomorrow afternoon. That series is one apiece. What we don't know is the status of Jimmy Butler's ankle, which could 
you know, be the difference in this game. If, if he can mm-hmm. get out there and play at a decent level, um, but they're finally playing with that long layoff. And then you get the wake Lakers warriors also later on Saturday, that was a game, as you referenced earlier, the, the warriors really came to play. Clay Thompson was ridiculous last yeah. night. It's just awesome in that game. And Lo- and Looney was, uh, I believe Looney was under the weather. He didn't start and, the and game. Be- Jermichael start- before Green the- did. Yeah. Yeah. And before the game, they were talking about Looney's not playing tonight because of illness. Yes. Now, now, if if it's a virus, if it's some kind of virus, now what you have to worry about is because he's in such close contact with his teammates, who's the next one to drop? That well, really let could him affect play last thing. night. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what play. to make of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't he came either. in later. I don't either. It was weird. But yeah, they were playing with really a much weird. shorter lineup, and they still, yeah. I mean, they came out sticking threes. And the Lakers hung with them for a while. But I tell you what, when you got Clay Thompson bombing the way he did, and of course, you know, Steph is Steph. You know, what are you going to do with that team? It doesn't make a difference yeah. if you put five, six, four guys out there. When those dudes start bombing and they start hitting their mark, they're almost unbeatable, man. I agree. I agree with you. Um, all right. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Number update. You ready for a number update? DeAndre yep. Swift will wear number zero, Derek. He'll be the first eagle to wear number zero. So there you go. I like uh, that. I like that. I like the single digit. I'm a single digit guy. And so if you can, if you can okay. get it, rock it, man, go for it. But that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And look beyond that, it, it just in terms of the playoff games, you know, I'm looking at this thing. If Butler's healthy, I think the heat take three. If they're not, I think the Knicks win tomorrow in that series and go up to one. The thing that was interesting about game two was, until midway through the fourth quarter, uh, Miami had them. 
Miami had them. They had the lead. They were up yeah. by like five or seven points. I thought Miami was going to pull it off. That was without Butler. Mm-hmm. So if if Miami going home now plays close to that, I thought I thought the Knicks series. I thought the Knicks would win this series, but after what you know Miami did to them in New York, the first game, I'm like, wow. And then after watching Miami play them as close as they did without Jimmy Buckets, that second game, this could be a seven game series, also. You know, yeah. as talented as the Knicks are. Miami, Miami is those junkyard dogs, man. You can't, you can't get them off you. You just can't. Just when you think they're down, it doesn't make a difference. Who's on the court? This team just won't go away. They will not quit. Mm-hmm. No matter what the situation is, look what happened in the Bucs games. The, yeah. the Bucs games three and four, you know. And, and no, there's a lot of heart, and they're, 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 they're great. They're coached very well. Oh, yeah. dude, that dude can coach for me any day of the week. I love Eric Spolster. I'm with great you. coach. I'm with you. Um, all right, let's come back. Uh, we'll we'll do we're gonna do a little hybrid here. We're gonna do a little Phillies, but mixing our birthdays and movies because we have Ed Kratz at two thirty when we normally okay. uh, plug that stuff in. Yep. NFL stuff. Uh, you got a defensive tackle getting paid in the NFC East. Lamar Jackson uh, contract details the cap hits that, that they're gonna take. Interesting. Taylor Lewan is suing the the uh, doctor who performed famous doctor who performed his ACL surgery. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. A uh, bunch of other stuff to get into with the NFL. We'll do all that. And when, another NFL team's getting a new stadium. Yes, let's discuss that as well. We'll yeah. kick all that around when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let me tell you about Pro Action Restoration. Yeah, Pro Action Restoration is the place that you reach out to. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property, and you've gone through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it. But the beauty is Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. Nighttime, holiday, Saturday, Sunday, they're there and they will get out and they will help you because I've gone through it. I called them on a Saturday. They came out to my parents' house, and they cleaned up the mess. The crew was professional, clean. Price was reasonable. Pro Action Restoration is licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action will work in conjunction with your insurance company also, which is huge. Water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it. They can handle it. Give them a call right now, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Day. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, uh, Derek, let's talk a little Phillies. They have the Red Sox tonight. Phillies come in 15 and 17 on the season. They were two and four on their last road trip. Um, hold up, Rob. Hold up, Rob. Hold up. Yes, sir. Hold up. Yes, sir. Hold up. Hold up. Only only 60 likes today. 60. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, we got it's Friday. It's Friday. It's a beautiful day. Where's our marketing team that's supposed to be pushing the likes for our show? Whatever <laughs> our marketing Chris, team. I haven't seen Chris D today. She's usually very good at pushing that. We, yeah, do we still have enough up. people? Duckwin, John Dickerson, all you guys. You guys are supposed to be head of our marketing team. You, you guys are slacking today. I understand it's Friday, and you're excited about being Friday, but you got a job to do. Get on <laughs> it. Get on it. Get these people to yes. hit that like button. Come on. Let's hit that like button, people. Everybody, everybody listening right now, everybody uh, streaming, everybody just listening, everybody in the chat. Uh, let's do it. Chris is moving, according to Gigi. But everybody listening, everybody oh, in the chat, let's Ooh. let's hit that like button. Yes. Yeah, she's moving to Portugal. Wow, man. Yeah. You know, Hawaii you know, funny, to Portugal. I, I, I applaud Americans who, who move to other countries. I couldn't do it. I don't want to live in another country. I just don't. I, you know, everything I, yeah. I, I want is here i i couldn't do it even for a job if somebody said we got to relocate you for a year or two years to spain italy somewhere i'm like uh give me 30 days to find another job i love what my I do, buddy but yeah my moving. buddy just took a job in ireland uh in dublin what? uh he's there he signed a contract for two years there yeah i mean like i i don't i have no desire to do that either let me just be no clear. i couldn't do but it. i especially if there's a language barrier you know, like Ireland, England, you know, whatever, Scotland and other countries where the, the primary can, can language. You, yeah. Can you imagine me coming back from Scotland or Ireland with a, with a, with a, with a, a different broke. dialect? Yeah. Yeah. A broke, people be looking like, man, who is this dude? What are you saying? <laughs> now, you can you imagine that? It would it would destroy Ebonics altogether. Yeah. It, <laughs> I'm not even touching that, but it would be funny. <laughs> 
but I, I, here's what I would say. I do have, I have like a uh, phobia of, of, of either visiting or living somewhere where there is the language barrier. I just feel like right. I get stuck in a situation. I know it's way different with technology now on our phones and translations right. and all that, but right. like I get just get stuck in a situation where I'm trying to express myself and they're like, you know, no habla ingles or whatever. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. And it's like, uh, or I, or something really goes off the rails and I get thrown in some prison somewhere. You, you yes. know, I, I, oh, I have all God. these weird thoughts, man. I'm telling that's you. That's me. See, that's me. I, I go I, I go to another country, step off the plane. As soon as I, I'm, I'm in handcuffs or something. I don't know yes. what, but I'd be in handcuffs. Yes. No, I ain't doing that. Nope, not doing it. No. Yeah. Oh, I'm we're up to 93 you. likes. Thank you, uh, Anthony. It's not Thank enough. We need to get to 200 before we leave. Thank Please, you to all of our people. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll we love you all. Even when you're yes. ripping on us, we love you all. You can't phase us. You can't offend. That's the good thing about me, you, and Barrett. You can't offend us. Okay, no. what you say. Whether you agree with us, whether you disagree with us, whether you like us, whether you don't like us, you, you can't hurt our feelings. You can't phase us. Our, our skins are too thick for that. We've been in this business too long for to allow yes. that to happen. Agreed. Yes. Uh, things that would take down a lesser man do not take us down, Derek. There you go. Sure. All right. Uh, let me give you some number updates because I know you enjoy these. All right. Jalen Carter, 98, yep. as I mentioned. Nolan Smith, as I mentioned, number three. Sidney Brown yep. will wear 43. Taylor, uh, excuse me, Tyler Steen, the offensive lineman out of Alabama, 56. He will wear number Ooh, 56. Okay. All right. Kaylee Ringo, 37. Th Tanner 37. McKee, 10. Yeah, I don't love 37. Uh, Tanner <laughs> like McKee, 10. Uh, Moro Ojomo, 72. DeAndre Swift, zero. That's what we know of, of the rookies right now. That's the numbers that we know of. See, see Steen wearing 56. To me, that's like a linebacker number. It is you know, a linebacker. So it does have a linebacker. Offensive field. lineman. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah. this is the NFL we live in now. You know, receivers wearing single digits. You know, DBs wearing single digits. You know, offensive linemen. You know, but 37? Man. That's a I changed that number real quick. Yeah, I, I got to yeah. change that number. I think he makes a move yeah. if someone gets cut or and or traded after camp uh, before the regular season starts. I think he gets rid of that 37 number. I, that would be my yeah, guess. He, yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the money to to to, to buy it from no. anybody. So no, no, no. I'm not. Yeah, he's not in. Pay yeah. somebody off with a car mode no. for yeah. for a certain number. Um, but yeah, I'm with like, offensive linemen. They'll have to wear fifty sixties or seventies. They still have to wear those right, numbers. Right. Yeah. And Carter wore eighty eight at in college. That can't be a, a defensive lineman's number. So no, uh, no. That's it. That is that's, a, that's all right. Yeah, they'll yeah, make the most there. of them. Absolutely. All right, so uh, Phillies. Mentioned Phillies are in town taking on the Red Sox. Boston comes in. So here's here's where things are standings-wise. Boston comes in at 19 and 14 overall. They've won six straight, seven of their last yep. ten. They're, they're definitely on the yep. uptick, okay? Uh, but they're still, believe it or not, they're still seven and a half back in the AL East because Tampa's 26 and yes. six. My biggest concern after my biggest concern after watching the Phillies go through that Dodgers series is that Boston has scored the third most runs in the majors. They can stick. Yeah. And, you know, and you don't know, you don't know which Zach Wheeler's taking a hill tonight, man. You really yeah. don't. Yeah. I mean, you between him and Nola, you know, it's not yeah. just a job, it's an adventure, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. I, I, and they were I'm great just, in their last outing. That you know, yes. Wheeler was, but Nola was good the outing before and was just average the other day. So just, <laughs> yes. Consistency. So you don't know you don't know who you're getting, both in pitching and at the plate, for that matter. 
No, you don't. You don't. Um, that AL East is great. I mean, you have the Tampa's 26 and six, Baltimore's 21 and 10. The Red Sox are 19 and 14. The Blue Jays are 18 and 14. And the Yankees are 17 and 15. I mean, everybody's Jeez. above 500. Jeez. Um, yeah. So uh, the Phillies are seven back right now. Atlanta's one, three straight, eight of 10. Everybody else, the Mets have been eh. Marlins, eh. They're both 16 and 16. Then it's the Phillies. The division hasn't at least early lived up to the hype so far. Absolutely. Um, we've had a couple surprises in the league. How about the, the, the Pirates being 20 and 12? I, I still can't really get over that, that coming. Yeah. I, I, you know, and, and my, my, my pirate friends over in Pittsburgh, oh man, they're beating their chest right now. I said, enjoy it while you can. Remember it is the pirates. Yeah. Just enjoy it while you can, but yep. Yeah, you never know it before. It's only a, it's only a matter of time there. You, you would think with them. That was a pretty cool story though. The, uh, the, the, the guy who spent 13 years drew Maggi. He was in the yeah. Phillies uh, organization for a little bit, 13 yep. years and finally came up and got a hit the other night. Yes. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, man. And, you know, some guys, you know, we uh, there was a Philly player um, a couple of years ago who had been, you know, uh, just just laboring in the minors forever and came up and finally got a shot to Philly. Coast, Coast. That's who it was. Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just love to see them. These guys are habitual ball players. They love the game so much. They they've sacrificed everything. And I'm assuming, you know, if you got a family and you're toiling away in the minors, you know, if even if you're AAA, you've never been in the majors. You're making maybe mid to high ones, you know, 180, 185. Mm-hmm. But it's your passion, man. And even if you only get that one moment of the sun, to say you finally got to the majors, dude, I mean, that that's that's worth it for a lot of people. I don't know if I would have that kind of dedication as much as I love baseball. If I didn't make it to the majors by the time I was 24, 25, I'm looking for another line of work. Yeah. But a few guys every now and then you hear, they hang on 30, 31, still waiting for that big break, finally get the call, may not stick, but they finally got to wear that major league jersey. That's yeah, all. That's cool. I yeah. agree. I agree with you. Um, good stuff there. All right. So uh, I mentioned with the Phillies come in. It is Wheeler. Wheeler pitched really well in his last outing. But so here's what they have coming up here. And they get Boston for three, which, you know, it's going to be going to be tough. Definitely a good challenge. After Boston, they're home for Toronto, another team that can hit. That's a two game series. That's a shorty. Go back out to Colorado, San Francisco, yep. then come back home for the Cubs. So that's what the Phillies have coming up here. <clears throat> Uh, over the next however many days. Uh, the weird thing about going to Colorado is what? Go ahead, Derek. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. I'm sorry. You no, said, no, uh, I thought we lost you for a second. No, go ahead. You're good. You're good. Oh, no. The weird, the, the weird thing about going out to Colorado is they're an okay team. They're not a great team. But playing mm-hmm. in their ballpark, man, do they hit a ton. They just swept the Brewers three, and they rocked the Brewers. You know, yep. they're a different team. And I'm, you talk about a team, you know, going to their part with that thin, with that thin air and everything. You know, Philly should go in and hammer Colorado, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. All right, let's uh, let's hit some birthdays again. We'll do it a little bit earlier than we normally oh, do um, because we have all Ed right. Kratz coming up at two thirty. But all right, so birthdays. Uh, I'm going to start with this one. Start with this one. Our, our buddy, our buddy Barrett Brooks is 51 today. B. Brooks, enjoying his B. Day. Brooks, uh, baby! Doing his thing. Yeah. Yes. 51 years young for Barrett on, on this earth. And the, the, the earth is a better place for him being here, for sure. So he's 51. Um, Adele. Really? Yeah, that's what you see it? <laughs> I, was yeah, like, I agree with I Rob. Didn't, I didn't I'm think I'd get away with I that. With 
I tried to sneak that in, and I knew, I knew it. I knew you were going to say something, man. I was like, on to Adele, and poof, there, there we go. Oh, I, I know. You know, I love you, B. Brooks. We family, man. Yes, we are. We are. We are family. All right. So uh, he's fifty-one. Adele is thirty-five years young today. Adele is thirty-five. The great singer, yeah. the British. Oh, I singer. love her voice. Incredible, incredible singer, incredible piano player, uh, songwriter. You know, every the, the whole nine. She's got it all. Since, um, since, since let me ask you this. I gotta, yeah. I gotta put you on the spot. Yeah, I'm not gonna answer the question, but I'm gonna put you on the spot. Since she lost a lot of weight, do you consider her strong? Um, <laughs> pretty. How would you categorize that? I, I, for me, not strong. Incredible talent. Just, uh, uh, okay. All right. Nah. Nah. All right. That's a that's a very good down the middle professional answer you just gave. I expecting yes. nothing less of you. Much better, but not quite to the strong. Strong, you don't. You know, it's like the Hall of Fame. It's hard to get to strong. You know what I mean? It's, it's not easy, Derek. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Um, no, but I love her as an artist. Incredible. Uh, all right, yeah. Henry Cavell. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Cavill. I, yes. He's in a lot Cavill. of stuff. Yep. He's 40. British guy. Superman, uh, Carl the Marx. Tudors. Yep. Oh, yeah. Karl Marx, the one of the inventors of socialism, uh, was born on this day in 1818. Uh, Chris Brown, the singer, is 34 yep. years old today. Andy Murray, uh, the uh, Scottish, he's from Wales or Scotland, uh, tennis player, is 36. John Reese davies who's been in a lot of different things as well, actor, British, mm. 79 today. Tammy Wynette. Did you, know, did, you did, hold yeah. on, hold on. did you watch Lord of the Rings? I never the, saw the I believe it or not, I never saw it. I never saw that, yeah. I, I didn't know that he was the voice of Gimli. And uh, the tree, the tree beard in Lord of the Rings trilogy. You, if you didn't watch them, you wouldn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he uh, he did all of the Indiana Jones movies, but he was the voice of those two characters in the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. I had no idea. Okay, so. yeah, I, I knew he had done a lot of voiceover work, and he's he's done a lot of stuff. Period. Okay. But yeah, uh, uh, beyond him, Tammy Wynette, the singer, was born on this day, nineteen forty-two. Uh, oh, minus daughter. Yeah, she's had a tough. She had a tough uh, paper route. She had a tough, uh, tough life. Um, tough paper. <laughs> Michael Palin from uh, Monty Python's uh, Flying Circus yep. is eighty years old. Um, a lot of British folks in this one today. Uh, yep. Zach McGowan is uh, the actor is forty three. Um, Tyrone Power, the actor, was born on this day in nineteen fourteen. Yeah, uh, Lance Henriksen, who's in a, been in a lot of stuff. You'd recognize the face if you saw him, uh, is 83 today. He, uh, he was James... a dude that was Bishop and Alien. If you watched the, uh, the first Alien, you know, that robotic yes. dude, that's who he was. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, who else? Oh, James Conner. James Conner is 28 years old, and they're yep. running back. Erie PA, now with the Cardinals. Brian Williams, the news anchor, is 64 today. Sixer, P.J. Tucker. It's his birthday yep. today. He's 38 years old. Let's how about a corner three for your birthday? Can we get one or two of those, please? All right. I think you're asking for a lot here. It's a lot. It's a little bit too much. I pushed it. All right. Um, all right. What else do you have? Oh my goodness. You have um Daniel Fischel, uh, who played Topanga on Boy Meets World, mm-hmm. uh 42. Uh Sage Stallone, son of uh Sly Stallone. He was in Rocky Five 
passed uh, away. 36 young. today. Yes, yeah. that's unfortunate. 2012. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Clark Duke from The Office is 38. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Kelly, not the football player, but the guy who played in the Enter the Dragon movie with uh, Bruce Lee. Oh, that's uh, what that guy's name was? Yeah, his name was Jim Kelly. He was a big-time martial arts uh Yeah, he uh, was. Yeah. Uh, here, I got two in a, I got two for you in a okay. category of strong or not. All right. The daughter of Hulk Hogan, Brooke Hogan, it's 35 today. Strong or not? In sort of a trashy way, yes. What does that even mean? What did well, you just say? <laughs> the girl is six feet tall, dude. If she saw you, she'd pummel you in a submission. Oh, I know she'd, that. She'd beat you like a rug, dude. What? Did nah, you say I'm not going to put her... I'm not going to put her. She's going away. Did you say? Did you honestly say that? I'm not going to put her in a in a in a strong category. I'd say uh, I put her in a strong category. You said I can't. We've been doing the show over here. I've never heard you say in a track way before. I can't. I meant that. that. I meant in a loving. I meant no. You 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 can't get around that. You cannot get around that. Oh my goodness. Oh my okay, I'm gonna I gotta get All you right, out of here. Move, All right, yeah, let's keep moving. Next please. One, uh Lisa Eilbacher. Um she she played the you did you watch Beverly Hills Cop, the original one? Yeah. Remember when he gets to Beverly Hills and he goes to the art gallery and he meets his friend Jenny? Remember the blonde that played oh, Jenny? Jeez. Yeah. Whoa. Um strong, strong definitely enough. strong for 1984. For I okay. don't know what's going on now, but yeah. Is she 67? I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> Well, you're just digging a hole deeper and deeper. Dude. I know. This is not good. I need Oh, it, yeah. my goodness. All right. Yeah. Let me see if I can get you out of here. Uh, Roger Reese, uh, who was who Robin Hood, uh, Men in Tights, yes. Cheers, Pink yep. Panther. He was born on this day in 1944. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melinda Cooley, uh, from the A-Team series, uh, 68. Okay. Uh, the singer, Johnny Taylor, was born on this day in 1934. Yep. Uh, Tina Yothers, who played in the NBC series Family Ties at 50. Uh, Mike, yeah. yes, Mike Daniels, the uh, defensive tackle who's a free agent right now, played yeah. many years with the Packers. Very good career. 34. Another former Packer, Kevin King, cornerback who's a free agent, is 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who we got here. Ooh, LaFonso Ellis. Remember him, NBA player? He's a really good analyst, uh, college yes. hoops analyst on ESPN, LaFonso yes. Ellis. He's excellent. He is uh, 53. Yep. Uh, you have Moussin Muhammad, the wide receiver that played with Carolina all mm-hmm. those years. Yep. Is 50. Uh, Kobe Bryant's wife, Vanessa Bryant, is 41. Yep. And former Steelers cornerback who played all 12 years in Pittsburgh, Ike Taylor, is 43. Taylor had a good career, uh, for sure. All right, good ones. All right, let me, there's some pretty pretty quality movies here. Uh, Gladiator uh, is, a, is just unbelievable. Uh, Russell Crowe from 2000. That would be one. Uh, I, I, I'm a huge – every time – that's another one. It's a click and stick. If I'm flipping around and that's yep. on, I, I'm yep. watching it. You know, some of those scenes are just ridiculous. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out in 2017. 2016, Mission Impossible 3 yep. with uh, Tom Cruise. Any other any other uh, movies? That's that it. Around? That's yeah. it. But I, I want to mention a movie to you I watched last night for the first time. I don't know how I missed this one. It's a really good film. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Heat? Oh, my God. Yes. I never saw it. It came out in 1995. Yeah. De Niro Pacino. Incredible. Yes. Oh, Dude, That's one but, of my all-time favorites. I, I I never saw it before. Mal Kilmer, yes, uh, Ashton dude, Judd, it's Tom Sizemore. It's a loaded cast. Yeah, dude, I, I'm watching this movie going. 
Oh my goodness. Look, oh my goodness, look at this cast here. Yep. You know, it's based on a true story. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it, it, was the, it was the first time that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, the significance of this movie was it was the first time that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro sat down. You remember the scene where they sit down and, and at, at the eating? diner. Yeah, it's, it's one the of the first great time scenes. they never sat down opposite yeah. each other in a movie. It, it, yeah, despite being in like Godfather Two and all, yeah. they never played opposite of one another. They were never actually no. in a scene. De, remember, De Niro yeah. played a young Marlon Brando in Godfather Two. They right. were never contemporary, so they were never yes. in the movie together. I can't, I can't believe they went all the way through the seventies and eighties and never were in a movie together until nineteen ninety five. It's crazy. Yeah. Dude, but you're right. The cast blew me away. And the storyline was great for that yes. movie. Yeah, it's really good. Like De Niro is the head of this. If you haven't seen, I'm not, it's not a spoiler alert. The movie's 20, right. whatever it is, 30, 25 years old, uh, but 28 years old. Uh, he's the head of this really uh, smart crew of, of, of you know, thieves. Uh, bank, bank thieves. Yeah, yeah, they're not just run of the mill, you know, <sighs> shoot them up, whatever. And Pacino is the lead detective basically trying to track them down and, and stop them. And they're both have, you know, their own kind of private live things that they have to go through and everybody's great in it. It's, it's awesome. It's a, it's a good amount of action and suspense and intrigue. And, uh, Oh, I loved it. I, I saw it in the movies. Uh, Did it, you really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had never heard of the movie until yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. You're right. That's it's, that's another one. If I'm flipping around, I'm staying on it. I'm 100% staying on it. So You know what? Yeah. I will in the future because there's yep. still a lot of movies like New Jack City. I don't care what I'm doing. If it's on, I got to watch. Same here. I got to watch. Yeah. Same here. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to do the NFL. Uh, mm -hmm. We're going to dig into a bunch of different things, including the league office under investigation, uh, Dexter Lawrence, uh, Lamar Jackson, Taylor Lewan, a bunch of other stuff. We'll give you the cap hits for, for Lamar as well. We'll do all that uh, when we come back. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. Let's tell you right now about Flynn Tree Services. Yes. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any type of tree issues in your yard or your property, they're just a quick phone call away. And they trim all types of trees. They serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 
58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, oh, Mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. everybody what's happening final hour of the program hope you're doing well out there we appreciate by the way we we, we say it at the end of the show but just a fyi we do appreciate each and every one of you guys um hanging out with us making us part of your day whether you do it in real time like right now whether you go back and listen to the shows or watch the shows or stream the shows whatever you do just know that uh you know it, it's appreciated on our end that's for sure um all right i don't know if you saw this one derek but uh the the nfl um is under investigation. The league itself is under investigation um, in both the LA office and the New York office. And what they're under investigation for is racial gender uh, discrimination mm. as well as harassment. And, you know, some of this was, was raised by, um, by a person who was, who was fired from her position. Uh, but not, she's not the only one. Um, but, you know, this is a, it's a big deal, man. And, and, you know, some of this was mentioned in, in the, uh, the Washington commander stuff with, uh, with Daniel Snyder and how, you know, some of the stuff that was went on, that went on there was overlooked by some, you know, Roger Goodell and some others potentially in the league office. And um, going to be interesting to see the way this thing shakes itself out. For a lead that is constantly preaching about racial equality and racial fairness throughout its workplace. Um, this is something that's going to be closely watched because as you know, anytime, anytime one person is brave enough to step forward and to accuse, and all of a sudden you're going to have multitudes of people that are going to come out of the woodwork um, yep. as well to, to state their case. And you're going to, 
see or the league is going to see and hear things that they may have tried to keep hidden for a long time, or even if they feel some things have been embellished, they're going to have to defend. This is not something that's going to go away. Now that it's out in the open, it's not something that's going to go away uh, very quickly. And when you, when you look at the league, when they talk about racial equality, well, one of the most powerful men in the league office is former Eagle Troy Vincent. True. You know, and we know they have a number of African-American former players in prominent positions in the league office. Now, have women been excluded from that? I have no idea because I haven't seen the numbers. I don't know the case studies. I don't know. Um, uh, Brandon Cassidy, there is no racism in the NFL. Hmm. Okay. That's another topic for another day. Um, but the league is now going to have to uh, dot his eyes and cross his T's and stay on top of this thing because yep. I think they're going to be bombarded now by a lot of uh, potential litigations. Yep. Yep. No question. And it's going to be, it's, it's, it's racial, uh, gender, uh, you yep. know, harassment. So, you know, we're talking about real stuff and we'll see, um, you know, what the response is from the league and, and how this thing works itself out, uh, et cetera. But uh, keep, something to keep your eye on um, for sure. So uh, Dexter Lawrence uh, got paid, Derek, uh, four years, $90 million extension, 60 of which is guaranteed uh, by the Giants. Look, uh, no surprise. This guy's a stud. I mean, if you're the Giants, that is a that is a staple of your defense that you better take care of because he was making no bones about it that he was unhappy with what was going on there. Uh, he had his best season at pro under Wink Martindale. That says enough. He has seven and a half sacks, 68 tackles. And you're right, he's still in the prime of his career. I think this contract, um, the, 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 the uh, guaranteed money, I think he's the number two. What was that number I saw? Uh, do, 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 do. he is now second. He got 60 million guaranteed. He is tied for second among D tackles in terms of guaranteed money with Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. Washington's Deron Payne is first. Get this at 60.02 million. So Deron Payne beat him point, point zero two million. Yeah, whatever oh that God. is. Wow. Yeah. But D tackles are getting paid, man. They do. Jay it's funny that used to be a position. I, some guys did like uh, Warren Sapp, et cetera. But for the most part, that was a position that got overlooked in a lot of ways. It wasn't quite what's happening in the running backs now, but it wasn't great either, you know, but they are now, you knew it when Hargrave got 21 million. I'm like, this is a different world we're in now. Yes, absolutely, man. You know, how, how, how did the league come to this where D tackles are paid and valued more than running backs in a game? I get that's, well, that's, that blows me away. Here's where it's you get it, you don't get it. I get it because if you get that pass rush from the middle, it lets your ends just just eat, and that's how you that's how you win on defense is getting to the quarterback. There's no doubt. So you need that push from the interior. Where I don't as much get it is teams aren't as worried about getting run on as they maybe used to be back in the day. And the running game isn't quite as no. emphasized, even though it's coming back a little. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's where it's a little bit, I guess, curious, you know, a little bit. You have, you have a plethora of running backs nowadays that are very similar in, in what they do. Finding an elite D tackle in today's game is still hard to do. There are a number of good D tackles, but there are a few exceptions to the rules when you talk about the likes of a Deron Payne, uh, Aaron Donald, 
uh, players like that, those players are harder to come by. And when you got a Dexter Lawrence, you show you value. You value that player because you don't want them to leave, especially in their prime. Now, this might be the only big contract he gets in his career, but the fact that he got $90 million and $60 million of it guaranteed, that tells the Giants think about him as a player, and they don't want him going anywhere else. I mean, yeah. think about it, Rob. How many elite D tackles are there in the NFL? There's not a ton of them. No, it's a tough position. It's a, it's a very hit or miss type of position, too. Yeah. And, and if you look at the rushing champions, usually in the NFL, their teams normally don't make the playoffs. The teams either, either they make the playoffs and they're like a fifth or sixth seed. They're not like a number one seed or they're not making the playoffs. And you look at when you can find a, a Pacheco in the seventh round, um, you know, you have a Miles Sanders in the second round. Uh, there's so many running backs out there, you know, teams like New England, Kansas City, even the Eagles, they find running backs dime a dozen and they make it work because what do they do? They build the lines, which push the off, which, which make the offensive engine go. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah. So uh, we, we know the cap hits, Derek, for uh, Lamar Jackson's contract. Now, remember uh-huh. how, okay. how masterfully how he manipulated this with the mm-hmm. with the Jalen Hurts thing. Right. All right, so you can sort of see a similar pattern. It's not quite as team-friendly as as Jalen's. Uh, keep in mind, Lamar got a little bit more money and a little bit more guaranteed money. But um, he'll make – the cap hit for 2023 for Lamar is $22 million. Pretty manageable, right? Ooh, not bad, yeah. not bad. Uh, 2024, it's $33.4 Okay. Now is where we start to jump here. 2025, it's 43.5. Here's where it goes into orbit. 2026, it's 70 point, 74.5. 2027, it's 74.5. I think what we're seeing Jeez. here is, so, you know, you get the first couple of years at an okay rate. You yeah. go through the roof at, at the end where you're either going to restructure the guy or redo the guy's deal anyway if he's playing well. Or you're gonna. There's ways I'm sure you can get out of these things and, and do like dead money and kick the can down the curb. But it's all front end or it's all back end with the with the massive cap hits. You know what they'll do when it, if it gets to that close, they'll give it to them in a bonus, you know, yeah. or some kind of signing bonus to offset the cap hit a few years down the road. Uh, you know, I'm surprised the Ravens didn't call Howie and say, "Hey, Howie, show us what you did in terms of how you spread this thing out the way you did it." You know, show us so we so we can do the same thing. I'm surprised more teams don't do what the Eagles do. When we see these quarterback contracts, you know, this year they're going to take like a 40 million cap hit. It it chokes you in terms of how you can build that team and how you can compete with other teams in the offseason and free agency to try to bring in better better quality of players. And that's why you see these ebbs and flows with a lot of teams because they take those cap hit, cap hits, whereas the Eagles are masters at offsetting these cap hits. They keep that keep that cap number to a point, except for the one year with Carson. They took that major cap hit one year. But for the most part, Howie has done an impeccable job of controlling the cap so that they can still be competitive in a free agency offseason. Yeah, like I you know, I thought frankly that this offseason was going to be a lot more damaging than than like than, than it has been. I did too. You know, and, and that's not to say you didn't lose good players. You did. You lost CJ GJ and Hargrave. Yeah. You did lose good players. But I'm I'm shocked, frankly, that Slay restructured, Bradbury's back. You got yep. Brandon Graham back for a song. 
Fletcher yep. Cox is back. Like I, I'm, I'm really surprised you got all these people back. I really, am. I, I am too. You got, you got Fletcher to come back for four million less than what he played for last year. Yeah, you got Brandon Graham to come back for like four or five million less than what he played for last year. Not many teams can do that. That's for sure. No you question. Uh, speaking of Lamar, he thinks he can throw for six thousand yards, Derek. With, with uh, having Odell Beckham Jr., getting Zay Flowers, having Mark Andrews, he thinks he can throw <laughs> throw for 6,000. Wait, does he think he can throw for 6,000, or does he facetiously say, man, I could throw for 6,000 with this receiving core? I, I well, he, uh, let me put it this way. Uh, yeah, right. I think he wants to. Uh, if you look at him career stat-wise just passing, we know what his legs are. We know how good they've been. So you look at his passing yards. Mm. The most that he's had, keep in mind the last two years, he's missed five games each each year, missed a significant time. The most passing yards he's had in a season are 2,882. I'm sorry, 3,127. 3,000. So he's got wow. almost double, almost double that. Mm. I think, I think, I think so. they've helped him. They've improved it, but he ain't getting anywhere near there. Didn't Patrick Mahomes just set a record for single season for 5,250? Yes. Think about how hard it is to throw for 5,200 yards over now 17-game season. You need an extra, extra – throwing for an extra 700 yards to get to 6,000? Yeah. You'd have to throw the ball every game 50-plus times and hopefully hit 70% of your passes to achieve it's something not, like that. It's not getting anywhere near that. He's not getting anywhere no, near that. No, no. I, I think he's, he's so giddy about the prospects of what he has at his disposal that he's basically speaking just off the cuff. Man, I can throw for 6,000 with these guys. Yeah. yeah. You, you got it. No, I don't know about that, but well, Odell, I think, you got to worry about the knee. Yeah, you could, you do have to worry about that. And Zay Flowers is a rookie. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know who knows what that's going to look like. I, I think the 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 other thing with him that I he, I'm pretty sure he's excited about is it's just a new look offensively. They got Todd Munkin in there who was at Georgia uh, to be the offensive coordinator. Now they needed a a change of scenery there. They needed something new there offensively. They needed a new system. And Wait, I think where's this? I'm sorry. Where's this in Baltimore? In Baltimore, they have a, a, a new yeah, offensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah. Uh, well, so well rightfully so. Yeah. yeah, rightfully so. I mean, what you had worked to a certain degree, now you got to try, try to take it to another level. And by adding the weapons they did, I do believe, after looking at the numbers we've talked talked about extensively pertaining to Lamar Jackson's health, I think they just basically added more pass catching options. To, to reduce ability to run, not his ability, but to reduce the amount of times he takes off to run, to preserve his body, to keep him upright and breathing longer in a season. Because um, a two-year trend now is, is, is a red flag to me in terms of we're paying this guy this kind of money. We need him at the end. We don't need him part of the way. We need him at the end to help us see if we can shock some people in a second season. First of all, to get to the second season, and more importantly, see how far we can go into that second season. And the only way we can do that is by keeping him upright and breathing instead of instead of on the sidelines. Right, right, absolutely. Uh, did you see this? The, the Bills got approval for a 30-year lease for the new stadium. Yeah. Uh, they're hoping to break ground on it in June and have it ready to go by 2026. So that's what they're uh, they're looking at here. The um, it's been a it's been a long slog for them to, to get here. So they're they're hoping to finally get it moving here. Well, the Buffalo Stadium um, is uh, similar to Green Bay. It's like dumped right in a neighborhood, you know, um, and, and people gravitate towards that, you know. 
when they build this new stadium, a lot of a lot of people are going to lose money. Park because you know, in both cities, man, you see you see cars parked in people's front yards <laughs> and people charging them 40, 50 bucks. And that's a little side money. You know, you figure you get eight of those. That's not bad. Not bad little, you know, you got five or six people parking on your grass. That's not mm-hmm. bad. I can re-side my grass every spring with that kind of money, you know. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they're welcome to come yeah, over the here The interesting if they thing want. is the yeah. state of New York. Right. Yeah, the state of New York will own a stadium. It won't be the Bills. It'll be the state of New York. Okay. That will own a stadium. Yeah, the, the yeah. total cost is $1.4 billion with the state and county responsible for yep. a combined $850 million of it. It's the largest amount of public funds for an NFL stadium at the time. Now, the Titans have since surpassed it with uh, with more than $1.2 billion in public funding for a new domed stadium in Nashville. Ooh. Yeah. It's gone up, actually. It's up and to see, 1.54. Wow. And yeah. see, this new stadium in Buffalo will still be an open-air stadium. It won't be a dome stadium. But yeah. what they're going to do is they're going to add a canopy, some type of canopy that will shield like 65% of the fan base from the elements, whether it's snow or rain. Now, I don't know what kind of canopy, especially with the amount of snow that they have in Buffalo, what kind of canopy are you putting on a stadium that can hold sometimes three or four feet of snow? I don't know know about that one. I don't know. (laughs) You're right. And like, how is that not impeding people's vision, like above you, behind you, to the side of you? Look, architects are great, man. You know, they are. They're just, they, 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 these engineers know how to, it's a different world now. So. Maybe it's retractable. It was, it was, it, is it an out? I, I don't know. It was time for Buffalo. I mean, it, it they had the fourth oldest stadium in the NFL. Yeah. So it was time for them to get a new stadium. No question. All right. This one, it's funny. We we both read the story independently, and there was one thing that just leaped out at both of us when we finished the story. So yeah. Taylor Lewan, the offensive li- former offensive lineman of the Titans, what a you know good career. But he started yeah. getting banged up towards the end of his career. He, he had to have ACL surgery a couple of years back. And then he played and he was under immense pain just playing through it. And then he tore it again. So he is suing Dr. James Andrews, who was the most world-renowned, I think, orthopedic surgeon uh, that there is. You know, Tommy John surgery, ACL surgeries. That guy is, is unbelievable. So he's suing him. Um for severe and permanent damage. He, fi- he followed the lawsuit, uh, filed the lawsuit in, in Florida. He names uh, defendants, others named as defendants are Benjamin Sherman, Baptist Healthcare, Baptist Medical Group, along with Andrews Institute of Orthopedics and Sports Science. So it claims that the defendants, uh, accuses the defendants of improper repair that caused permanent injury to his right knee, surrounding structures, tendons, cartilage, and ligaments, cutting his career short. Uh, the Andrews side of it, they have no comment on it. But he is, again, one of the top guys. Luan's only 31. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to play again, at least it sounds like through this. But the lawsuit says that he's de- dealing with severe pain, disability, suffering, disfigurement, loss of ability to enjoy life, past and future medical expenses. But, Derek, here's the thing I don't get, and here's the kicker. He's suing him for fifty thousand dollars. Five oh fifty thousand. I still can't get over that. I mean, his lawyer fees alone are going to be fifty thousand dollars because you know, uh, Doctor Andrews' side—they're going to drag this out as long as possible. 
you got all these witnesses you're going to bring in. You've got all these case studies you're going to bring in. Uh, you're going to show x-rays of the actual surgery, so on and so. This thing's going to be drawn out. This is not going to be a quick fix. When I saw this, Rob, until I got down to the figure at the bottom, I'm thinking, man, this is at least $50 million, $100 million lawsuit. And I said, wait a minute, 50000 after all this, just fifty thousand. I don't understand it. Like, if you're uh, let's let's just go off of he's losing three years of his NFL career. A guy like that yeah. who was a left tackle is going to be making upwards of fifteen million. So there's forty five million right there. Okay, just right there. And he's a three. And he's a three time Pro Bowler. So yeah. he's, he was just he's going very like good. So we started yeah. talking about this during uh, our our meeting. You remember Chris Maragos, who was a special teams player for the Eagles. Yes. Um, he, he he sued Dr. James Bradley and Rothman Orthopedics uh, for yes. 43. He won 43 million. He got 29.2 from Bradley and 14.3 from Rothman for, for his, he, his, he had a bad knee and he never recovered from it, but he got 43 million and Luan suing for 50. That can't be right. That can't be right. Fifty thousand. There's got to be some. There's got to be a few zeros missing here, because you're right. You're talking about a guy who's considered one of the elite tackles in the game, and even now at the age of 31, if he was going to play, at the very minimum, very minimum, he'd be making 10 million right now. Yeah. And you're suing for fifty thousand? I don't get it. You're not going to get anything from that. No. I, you're I don't turning know. it over to your attorneys. Yeah. Very strange. What do you? I don't, I, I don't know. I think there's more to this story that's coming out. I think these figures are off. Yeah, I do too. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna see some kind of follow up addendum to it or, yeah. or whatever the case may be. Uh, all right, Eagles. So look, we we've discussed a lot about the the rookies are in. They're going through their camps. They've signed. They locked up Jalen Carter. He's already a done deal. Uh, you know, we're in this stretch now where we'll, there'll be some OTAs coming up, and then before you know it, what two months from now, two and a half months, uh, we'll be at camp. So you've had time to sort of sit back and look at this, what they did in the draft, what they've done in free agency, what they did with trades. Uh, in your estimation, better same worse than when the season ended. Oh, I think. Talent-wise. Wow, that's a good one. They lost their five top tacklers. You have question marks still at one safety spot. And no, you know what? To be honest, you have question marks at two safety spots. Because even though Terrell Edmonds is a good safety, Mike Tomlin doesn't let go of good safeties without a reason. So if Mike Tomlin let him go, I want to know why, you know, first and foremost. So I still have two question marks at the safety spot. Questions at the linebacking spot. I think they're a younger, faster team. I think they're going to be especially faster laterally. But... I don't know if they're going to be stouter against the run because you're going to be playing a rookie a lot more. As phenomenal as Jalen Carter is, he still has to make that transition from the college ranks to the pros. He's going to see every move a pro uh, offensive lineman is going to make. How does he adjust to that game in and game out? We assume N'Kobe Dean is going to play better. Nolan Smith is going to give him a boost, but they're still young players. Nolan Dean's still an untested player week to week. I Offensively, I think that offense is going to be electric, especially with Swift and, and uh, Penny in there now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. That's a tough question, Rob. I, I, I'm going to say I can't say the same though because the I'm going to go with better, slightly better. Okay, I, I'm going to go slightly, 
slightly worse in this okay. in, in in this sense. I think offensively they're going to be even better. Yeah, I think they're going to be awesome offensively. Um, I think they're going to score a ton of points. I think they were right there, one, two, or three in terms of points scored. Um, I don't know yet about the defense for a couple of reasons. You're counting on unknowns. You're counting on Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean yes. and, and Nicholas Morrow. I don't know about those guys yet. And I can't – like I, I felt um, – and, and not to mention the safeties. I should throw them in there too with Blankenship as for a full year. And, yeah. Yeah, Terrell Edmonds, how he he adjusts to this scheme and all that. I And, and, and there's a new defensive coordinator, a new secondary, and a new yes. linebackers coach. yes. So I just think that side of the ball, you're not going to get 70-something sacks. No. You're not going to be quite as good as you were last year. So I have to go into this year. And I might we might be sitting here week three or four saying, oh, my God, these young dudes can play and yeah. we'll look out. Then I'll change my opinion. But as I go in right now just looking at it, because yes. of the unknowns, I say a little bit, little bit worse. Okay, and I can't disagree with you. I was really torn before I gave you an answer. I was really torn because I started off saying a little bit worse, but then I said, wait a minute. They got younger. They got faster. Yeah. The offense is going to carry this team. You know, all you got to do with this defense is get a few stops to get off the field and get the ball back in your offense's hands. That offense is going to be virtually unstoppable in a lot of ways, just like Kansas City's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many question marks. Dean, Smith, um, Blankenship, Edmonds, this and you and, and we know how this team got torched in the middle of the field in the passing game by op- by opponents. Yep. And and so I'm I'm I was going to say basically the same. That would have been the safe answer to say the same mm-hmm. right now because the balance you have the offense way up here, the defense question marks here, and the two balance each other out because offenses can overshadow a lot of the mediocrity of what your defense might be. But I went a little bit better just based on the fact that I expect this team to be faster, defense to be faster, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah, faster, maybe more athletic. And, you know, what we don't know is the hard thing to take into account is what are the twists that the size is going to put on this? What are the – how more aggressive is he potentially going to be more aggressive um, than than Jonathan Gannon was? Those things could also change the outlook of this. Yes. How much much input does Patricia have in this defense? Mm -hmm. That's, That's a big question mark as well. Yeah. So, yeah, he's we'll a, he's officially a senior defensive yeah. assistant. That's okay, what, that's right. what he is. That's what he's no, being. Sounds called. good on paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I. You know what? I I think we're. I think the angst over that is is a little bit, a li- just a slightly heavy for me. I I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I, would I have done it? Probably not. But still, I think it'll be fine. Well, um, I like how I like how the coaching staff handled it. Nick Sirianni talked to Darius first before they made that move and if Darius Slade green lighted it you know then all things are fine you know some teams would just make a move wouldn't even consult the player at mm-hmm. least this coaching staff had the respect to consult the player that the attention uh entailed um and once he said I'm, I'm good with it that's in the past let's move on okay then you make that deal players respect that I agree with you I agree with you. I think that was that that says a lot about the way this this organization goes about things. Yes. I, I would agree. All right. Uh, we're going to step aside. And when we come back, Gunner, Ed Kratz, Ed Kratz, who covers the team. Uh, he's the publisher of Eagles Today for Fan Nation, SI channel, uh, SI.com. Does a really good job with the birds. And we will talk to him. And he's down there uh, with the rookie camp as we speak. He's got the chart out. I saw one of his tweets. You can follow him at Kratz, C-R-A. 
C-Z-E. That's how you follow him on Twitter. But we'll talk to Ed when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about razor technology and disaster recovery because the middle of an emergency is the wrong time to wonder who is in charge and how to respond. Restoring malfunctioning systems, rebooting complex servers, reconfiguring applications, bringing backups online, and reauthorizing users all takes time. And the longer it takes, the more damage that a business is exposed to. Razor Technology helps growing businesses develop a disaster recovery plan that protects all their essential data. Razor ensures all your critical systems are backed up and that backups are regularly checked to ensure that they can be deployed at a moment's notice. Depend on Razor Technology, your trusted IT managed service provider, to save time and money on your IT and cloud services. Find out if your business is built to recover from data disasters by calling Razor Technology today at 866 797 3282 866 797 3282 or online at razor tech.com. That's razor tech.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Hey, we're back. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us. PR Sports Take. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Friday. What are the weekend plans, Gunner? What do we what do we have going on, man? Uh muted. I thought I was gonna get through a whole show without being muted. Dang it. Your streak um, is intact. Yes. I gotta uh, help some friends. Uh we're we're doing some work on the roof at our church. Uh, one of the churches that I'm helping with, uh yeah, I gotta patch up a spot kind of like your roof that's been leaking. So mm-hmm. we got a contractor coming out who's doing the work for us for free. So me and another friend will be out there for that. And then on Sunday, I'll probably be hanging out with the grandkids. And then uh, next week, get ready to fly west. That's go right. And enjoy some time out west in Southern Cal with the, with the family. So looking forward to I haven't been, man, I haven't had a long vacation. You know what? I haven't been on a plane in a couple of years, come to think of it. Really? We just, we just drive. It's been a couple of years since I've been on a plane, man. You know, I used to fly all the time. And now, man. What, um, what... So you'll fly into San Diego? Is that where you fly into, into or where do you fly into? Into San Diego, and then we drive, have an hour and 45-minute drive down to the valley. Beautiful drive. You drive due east on Interstate 8, and you drive down this 4,000-foot 4, grade in, in the mountains. Once you get to the grade, you overlook the entire valley that we're going to. Um, and right now it's like 80, 85 degrees, 90 degrees where I'm going. So, Okay. And it, and it will be – we uh, got one of my, my wife's nieces lives in Temecula which is about an hour north of San Diego. Beautiful, beautiful area. And uh, her uh, her daughter is having a baby shower, so we're going to be there for that as well. So I'll be up one way down the next over a span of a week. But I love it. First of all, I love the driving. I love driving through Southern California. I love the mountain ranges and all that stuff. You know, spend a little time in San Diego, some quick time in San Diego. But for the most part, I'll be north or east of San Diego. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's you know, cool. I used to live out there. I worked for NBC out there a long time ago. So, well, right, that was was that your that was your first job? No, um, wasn't. No, it was the- my second job. First job was in El Centro, California, which is where, which is close to where my my wife is from. Okay, and San Diego is about an hour and 40, 45 minute drive from there. Okay, so uh, now was at NBC. San Diego was my second job, and then I went to Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, and then Philly. How big a step up was it from El Centro to San Diego? Was that like going from the minors to the majors, or was it until you got to Milwaukee? Absolutely. I was 23 years old when I was in San Diego. Still wet behind the ears, still raw. That's young, man. Yeah, and I was um, weekend the weekend anchor, weekday sports reporter. You know, covered the Chargers, the the old San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Jack Murphy Stadium, which became Qualcomm Stadium, which basically is a, a, a dump. You know these days, and I was yeah you know, I was nervous. Twenty three in in San Diego, and you know San Diego to me is one of the most beautiful cities um, in America, and it's my number one favorite city in America. San Diego is, um, but I was surrounded by a group of great people, photographers, uh, sports producers, and, and and older sports talent. When I was twenty three, the two of the two other main sports guys that was back in the day and age when you had three full time sp- a minimum. Three full-time sports people in departments. That's way the other guys were in their mid to late thirties. Uh, one guy's name was Al Janis. I don't think he's in the business anymore. And then Phil Stone was the main guy. He also did uh, play-by-play for NBC for football uh, mm-hmm. on weekends. And those guys took me under their wings and taught me a lot. And then, of course, when I went home to Milwaukee, which which uh, still is one of my finest moments ever. 
I got to work with a guy named Earl Gillespie. And if you know anything about Wisconsin sports, um, he's like the Harry Callis of Wisconsin sports. He was the, he, the voice radio of the Wisconsin Badgers football team. He was the main anchor for WITI CBS where I worked, but he was the voice of uh, uh, Badgers football, Badger State football broadcast forever. Mm-hmm. Um, got to know his family real well. His son, his son, John, who was in the business for a while, still a good friend of mine. Um, I got to work with him for five years. Grew up watching him. Dude, so I was like, I was like in awe for a few days when I got to work with Earl Gillespie. And Earl was probably in his 50s, 60s then. And Earl was like the biggest kid, biggest prankster you ever wanted to meet. If you ever, if you ever met him, he was such a legend in Wisconsin. If you ever met him, he was the biggest joke, always told the same corny jokes over and over again. And then I worked with him and a guy named Jim Paschke, who was who moved on and became the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks for years. Oh, he was there a long time. Yeah, yeah he was there a long time. Jim's a good friend of mine. So all, my whole career, I got to work. And then I got to Pittsburgh. I worked with a guy named Sam Nover. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam also did play-by-play for NBC Sports for football. So my entire career, except for my first job, which I had to learn on the fly, my entire career from San Diego to Pittsburgh, through through Pittsburgh, was being mentored by some really great guys who didn't have to go out of their way to help me, right? But they did, and and that's why that's a big reason why Rob, since you've known me, I have gone out of my way, any chance I got, uh, to to reach back and help young people coming up in this industry, um, because uh, that's the only way I know, man. You know, I, I you know some people in our industry, as you know, are about themselves. I hate to say it, but it's true. Yep. News, weather, and sports—you got people that that are just full of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, a lot of people like I've had in my path who are secure in what they do. They're not look, worried about looking over their shoulder, somebody else, you know, taking what they have um, and help me. And that's the only way I know. And it's the only way I will always approach it. If you need help, if I can help you, if I can open a door for you turn you on to somebody who might be able to open the door for you. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. I, I'm the, look, I'm the same way because I, I, like for me, while I was hopeful and persistent and knocking on doors and all yeah. that to try and get in, I also, there was a deep down, I'm, I was like, man, this is going to be hard. And yeah. you remember the people who helped you along the way and the, the influence that they had and how it kind of sticks, yeah. you know, in your mind, um, you know, anyway, but so I'm with you like that. What that to me is what it's all about. It, 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 it's paying it forward. And, and I know that's like a cliche now, but it really is. It's like someone took care of you. It's your yep. it's your responsibility to take care of somebody going forward. It just is. You know what? I, I, I just I just don't understand why you would not want to share. What somebody has shared with you. Yeah. I mean, are you that insecure do you put yourself in that big of a pedestal that you are too good to, to just reach back and help, help people um, that, that you can't, that you can't help open a door from for some young aspiring journalists. Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't sleep comfortably uh, with an approach like that. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, Same. man. Um, yeah. That's just not part of my makeup, who I am, you know? Right. And you got to remember, I didn't want to do this job. I never wanted to be in this business. I mean, I tell you that story time and time again, I tried to find ways to get out of this business, you know, and it, something kept kept me in and kept me going and kept me going until finally I got to a point. It was a good five, six years I was into my career when I said, you know what? I think I'm going to stick with this for a while. Right. Yeah. Listen, I don't, but hey, look, you, you know, go through the same thing that a lot of people go through. You know, you have some doubts. You're not sure. Is this yeah, really for me, you know, et cetera. And it's, it's, you know, it's human nature. 
in a lot of ways. That's for sure. But yeah, the, the only negative really had been that I had to drag my family all over the country. You know, my wife's from the West Coast. Uh, my oldest daughter was born in my hometown, Milwaukee. My other two kids were born in Pittsburgh. Right. You know, we 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 went out of our way to make sure, even when we didn't have a lot of money back then, we made sure that our kids got to go visit their their their, their relatives, get to know them, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and my wife, it was tough on her. You know, because her family is so close, like mine was uh, coming up as a kid. You know, and, and you know, early on in our marriage, it was tough. You know, missing Thanksgiving, sure, missing Christmas with all the kids opening the presents together. You know, and as our kids started to get older, you know, we, you know, and this was before we had cell phones. Even, yeah. you know, we talk on the phone. You hear the noise in the background. Christmas morning, all the grandkids and the kids are together, and your kids are thousands yeah. of miles away. Yeah, you know? in a different state. That was tough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I hear you. I oh, hear we you. made it. We made That's it. it. That's it. Um, all right. So uh, Ed actually is not going to be able to hop on with us. Um, oh, I guess yeah. some timing, uh, some timing issues with the Eagles and their rookie stuff. And, and Nick Sirianni is going to be meeting with the media. So uh, we will not be having Ed. So one of the things that we could do in this segment is if you want to yeah. fire some questions our way, whether it's uh, it's Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, national stuff, uh, sports. How about Flyers, this? How about this? Yes. It's a different Friday since it's Cinco de Mayo. Yes. Whether it's a, a sports question or a question you want to ask Rob and I per, yes. about personal stuff. Yes. Not too personal because we ain't going to tell you. But if you got questions for us personally, we'll try to answer them for you. I like that. How's that? Yes. I like that. I think it's a good way to go, man. So, yeah, uh, we will do that. And uh, you want to hit us with any of those. All right. So we were talking a little bit earlier, just sort of recap the big stories here of stuff that went down. It is a big weekend here. I think for the Sixers, it is obviously you, you come back home with, for a game three. You had Russell. You've rustled away the home court advantage from Boston. You don't want to give it right back to them here in game three. You obviously got to take three and four to really put a stranglehold and be in good shape on this thing. But you especially got to win this one tonight because I think right now you go into it with a little bit of question. If you're the if you're the Sixers, like all right, how's this going to work with Embiid, especially if he's not a hundred percent. Yeah. Is Harden going to bounce back because he wasn't good the other night? Is Melton going to give us something off the bench? What kind of maxi are we going to get? And, you know, Boston's saying, all right, we got a little momentum. We just won the last game. We did it despite, you know, our best player, Jason Tatum, not doing a whole lot. So they got to feel pretty good. You know, I go back to what we, we were talking about the other day after game two um, when we snickered at um, Horford saying, yeah, we kind of took them lightly Monday. You know, there was no Embiid. You know, we 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 didn't really play our game, and we're sitting there. Yeah, hey, dude, you got beat. You got you get you got shocked. You got caught napping. My goodness, did they live up to what they said that game two though? Yeah. My goodness, on both ends of the court, defense shooting. They got the fifty. They got what fifty one threes off. Yep. Um, my goodness, it's like the light switch just went on, and I hope. Somehow, some way, Boston comes in here and naps at least one of the games this time. Please I I come in here you. slumping one game, please. I hear you with that. All right, uh, who was it? I? Oh, uh, Maria. I, if I'm mispronouncing that, I'm sorry. Mar Maria Armstrong. Maria, yeah. I. Uh, what is the green by? So it's a blanket uh, that the funeral home uh, gave to me when my mom passed. It's got a picture of her on the other side of it in a in a like an Irish poem for for. For people when they when they pass away let me see if i can read it here uh don't grieve for me now i'm free i follow the plan god laid for me i saw his face 
I heard his call. I took his hand and left it all. I could not stay another day uh, to love, laugh, to work or play. Tasks left undone must stay that way. And if my parting has left a void, then fill it with remembered joy. A friendship shared, a laugh, a kiss. Ah, yes, these things I too shall miss. My life's been full. I've savored much. Good times, good friends, a loved one's touch. Perhaps my time seemed all too brief. Don't shorten yours with undue grief. Uh, be not a burden with tears of sorrow. Enjoy the sunshine of the morrow. So that's what it says for people who are wondering. That's awesome. Wow. Very cool, that's right? Awesome, Very cool. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that is. Uh, other backdrop, it's Bird and, you know, Dr. J, when they were going at it, that's Chuck Bednarik. I have Reggie White yeah. uh, right over there, if you can wow. see that. Above that is my um, frame tickets to the 2008 Game 3 World Series my son and I went to, uh, you know, et cetera. Let me see if I can give you this one, too, a little angle on this one. So if I go up nice. a little bit. So that's it. My son drew that, uh, if you can see that drawing up there, uh, Breakfast mm. on Broad. Uh, there was a TV show that Barrett and I did, but he drew that before we started. He was probably 13, 12 wow. or 13 when he drew it. So it was it was a nice little thing, and we had it on the set. And it's one. It's the only thing I took from the that's set. Cool. So there that's you go. Pretty, wait, that's you didn't it. take a mug, Breakfast on Broad mug, mug? I do have a mug. I didn't take that from the set though. I, they gave us those when the, when the show first started, I, I don't, like, I don't, I, like I have no idea them. what they did with anything else that was on our set. Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah. You know, I still have like three or four of those bref- breakfast on broad mugs. That's what we get. That's what we gifted you with there. Yes. Uh, oh, I, I have, a, like, we have a GG question for Gunner. Oh, okay. He's going to be visiting his parents in Temecula next week. We'd yeah. love to shake your hand, meet you. And even mm. if it's for a few minutes, can we make that happen? Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, I, that's a possibility. I don't know. It's us uh, see. I believe it's, one week from today, it, it's one week from today that um, I'll be at my niece's house for her, her daughter's baby shower. Don't know what time, though, because from where I'll be to Temecula is about a three hour drive. So I don't know. And of course, I'm being controlled by a wife, a sister in law and nieces <laughs> on that end will determine what time we leave. Um, so I honestly don't know when I'm going to be there. Um, right. I, I know I'm going to be there. Right. We're going to be there for a few hours and then turn around and go back to the Valley because that Sunday will be our last day. And I fly home a week from the, from gotcha. um, this okay. Monday. So AKA the I would bosses. love to do it. I would love to meet stuff. a lot of, them. I, I, yeah. I would love to lead a lot of our fans, meet a lot yeah. of, yeah. Uh, would you do a swap for Giannis and Embiid if the opportunity presented hearing Giannis wants to play in a bigger market? I haven't heard that he wants to leave Milwaukee. Let me just I've say never that heard first. that. Yeah. Would I swap them? Yeah, I would. I would because I don't think – I just don't see Embiid holding up. And I know Giannis has had a couple of injuries here, but I, I think Embiid is going to have a harder time staying healthy than Giannis will for the for the rest of each of their careers. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. You, you're in the same uh, as, a, as a Bucks fan, no, I would not make the swap. You know? Okay. Um, I'm, I love – don't get me wrong, I love Embiid. I, I love – he is the most dominant big man. I just love the athleticism of Giannis. Um, and he plays through a lot of pain, a lot of aches and pains. I mean, the, 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 uh, sternum injury he suffered in that series against Miami, uh, really hurt the bucks, especially when he couldn't finish game one, but now I wouldn't, I would not make that switch. I'd take Giannis. I would take Giannis. Yeah. I would. Um, John Dickerson. That's a good question. D gun. Did you still live in Milwaukee when Summerfest started? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, 
Um, that is where I, Summerfest, Rob, if you don't know. Yeah, what is Summerfest? It's it's a big festival on the lakefront downtown Milwaukee every summer. Okay. And they had back then, I don't know if they still do this. I haven't been there so long. They used to have like seven to ten different stages set up at the same time. And it was a food fest. They'd have all these food stands from oh, all nice. of, you know, like German food, Polish food, Mexican food, you know, uh soul food, all and they would have big name artists come in. It's where I got to see and at any given time. You could you would have artists performing some of them four or five at the same time sometimes, but it's where I got to see as a as a as a kid I got to see this 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 group this up and coming group called the Jackson Five. Oh wow! And, and James Brown, I got to see it. Uh, you saw James uh, Brown there. James oh Brown God. at Summerfest also. So I got to see those at a kid. It's still a big event. Um, they still have the stages set up, the music stages. To what degree I don't know because I haven't been to Summerfest. My goodness, in like 15 years. So I don't know how much has changed. But it's a big gathering. People come from Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin, all over the place to partake in Summerfest and all the food and festivities. Yeah. Is it free or what? what no, you got to pay. Yeah, pay. You yeah. know, nothing's free. It used to be free to get in, but you'd have to pay. It would be free where the food was. Okay. And obviously, you pay for the food, but then you would also have to pay. You could get into the grounds free and then have to pay to go to one of the venues to watch an artist. I don't know what it's like now, but you know. Like anything else, nothing's for free anymore in life, Rob. When was the last time you got back to Milwaukee? Oh, geez. Wow. I would say, and man, why'd you bring this up? Because my wife's on my case all the time. Wow. Not going back? I would say February of 2016 uh, when my brother and I and our family buried my dad then. February okay. 2016. So that's okay. the last time I've been home. And here it is, 2023. Ouch. Well, I know your so your brother lives in Minnesota and Arizona, right? Yes. Okay. It, so who's do you still have a lot of relatives there in the area? I have two sisters who's still in Milwaukee and okay. uh several uncles and aunts. A lot of them have passed on. I still have three or four uncles and aunts, uh, and a and a few cousins uh, there as well. But when we were a kid coming up, man, it was like, it was a big family. You know, mm. most of my dad and mom's family, my mom was from Tennessee. My dad was from Mississippi. Most of the brothers and sisters moved to Milwaukee. So we had one big family, you know, with all, we'd get together for everything. Fourth of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Thanksgiving, you know, and obviously you get older and a lot of them have passed on, unfortunately now. Uh, it was a good time though, growing up in the Midwest. Yeah. All right. Uh, John L says who is the most famous non-athlete contact in your phone oh rob ellis <laughs> you're a liar um i really i the my you know my honest uh, answer is i don't what? have any non-famous non-famous contacts in my phone not one non wait non-famous contacts i don't think wow Ooh, let look. me think wait was it non-famous or non-famous athlete contact non the most famous non-athlete contact in okay. your phone. Most famous non-athlete contact. Yeah. Whew. Wow. I, I'm everything's any name that people would recognize. I have over I have over fourteen hundred phone numbers in my contacts. Yeah. I can't even I can't even begin to think. Now I'm looking. You know, you know, you know what uh I'm gonna be able to answer that question. I'm going to be thinking about it this weekend while I'm doing something. Dang it. That's right. That's what I'm going to remember. Okay. I, I can't think, I can't think of anybody right yeah. now. I don't, I don't have any, wow. I don't have any. Um, yeah, just being truthful. I, I don't have any. Um, all right. So a couple of, you want to keep firing them, uh, firing our way. And I may, I may have missed a few cause they go fast and furious, but uh, yeah, feel free to, to jump wow. in there. Um, yeah. So we were talking a little bit earlier. <laughs> okay. 
Gigi said, D-Gun got Halle Berry's number. No. No. no, no. no. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, I like where I live. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, one thing we didn't we – we forgot to get to this. Uh, the Eagles did sign a tight end. They bring in Dan Arnold, who okay. isn't a, you know, some big name here, but he, right. was, uh, he was signed by the Eagles. He comes in here. You know, Gunner, he's been sort of like a career – backup hang around sort of dude he's a big guy he's 6'6 240 right. um but you know not exactly numbers that are gonna light the world on fire he's played seven years new orleans arizona carolina and last of jacksonville 28 years old came out of a uh, wisconsin platteville uh last year nine catches 135 yards you know people were I, someone was asking me earlier about him there's no guarantee he even makes it um I don't know. I mean, he might just be a camp body. If you look at it right now, what they have, if you go, if you get past Dallas Goddard, you know, sort of your depth chart pecking order at tight end is the Eagle. If you go to ESPN and you look at their depth chart, they have, they have um, Dan Arnold as number two. I, I don't know that. I, put uh, him number I don't two. know about that. I, I think... would still go stole and then maybe Calcaterra and then maybe Arnold. I don't like classifying people in this category, but I think it's a camp body. When you have 90 bodies in camp, you want to make sure that anybody who's considered a frontline player has enough backups to take a lot of pressure off them. You're not over-practicing them. Right. But also with a Dan Arnold, who knows? Maybe he supplants Calcaterra. Or you don't know, Stahl. You don't know. But as I look at it right now, I would say he's a camp, camp body uh, that the Eagles just want to look at to see if he – might be a little bit better than what they have, but I don't see – I'm not guaranteed he's going to make this roster. Yeah. Uh, all right, another question from the chat. Yeah. Uh, Maria uh, Armstrong, do you recommend any first-time smokers uh, stop holding out on all recipes too? <laughs> well, you know what? My wife has been on my case about doing it, uh, doing my website, you know, doing like grilling, um, you know, you know, grilling with Gunner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't give out any free recipes just yet, but – for, for, for smokers, I will tell you the green egg or the Traeger, uh, to me, are the two best that you could have. Or there's one that looks just like the green egg, but it's called the, the Komodo, uh, Komodo, Komodo yeah. Joe. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks just like the green egg, one of those. Now, it's a lot of trial and error with it, but you better be willing to fork out some money. I think a, a bottom, bottom Komodo Joe is like 600 the size of the green egg that I have, and I bought my wife got it for me for Father's Day like six years ago. It was a thousand dollars. And then this Traeger, this Traeger, they have different size, but this Traeger is like eight hundred dollars. So you know, it's it's um, it's something if you really have a passion to try like smoking meats, which which you, once you get it right, the flavors that you can combine like apple woods, cherry wood, pecan wood. I mean, the flavors are incredible. What you can do. And the bastings, like I use, uh, I melt apricot jelly um, and, and baste it on my smoked salmon. That's one tip I'll give away. Okay. Um, it's unbelievable, man. But if you like to get out and grill and smoke meat, those two are my favorites. Those three of my would be my favorites okay. uh, to purchase. Like yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see, John, both of you guys. Your eyes, will your eyes have you watching the new Bridget? I, I don't I'm not familiar with Bridgerton. I'm not familiar what, with that one. Is that yeah. I don't know. Uh, if, if I knew more about it, I, I right now um the only thing we're really watching is Ted Lasso. We finished up okay. Your Honor, finished up a couple other things. Um 
So we're about two behind on Ted Lasso this season, which has mm, been good. Okay. Okay. So that, uh, I'm not really, I'm not really watching anything at the, uh, at the moment. Are you guys, you and your, uh, your wife watching any series right now? No, nothing, nothing uh, at this point. Um, I'm trying That's to a stay ro- away it's from It's a romance that. novel, John says. Okay, yeah. John, check it out. Yeah. Oh, uh, Craig Jackson wants to know, Rob, who is the author of the poem you just read? Do you? Know? I don't know. Um, I don't know, Craig. I'll, I'll check that. If I get that, I'll give it to you. I don't know. I'm sorry, yeah. off the top of my head. I apologize. Uh, yeah, uh, that's. I don't know. I mean, I it's it, there's there's a couple series, couple things that, that I when I see the previews, sometimes I'm like ah, and then I forget about it automatically. It's just kind of the the, the mode that I go into. I'm well, trying to keep up with yeah. so many games every night. Man, it's hard, but go ahead. These ser- these series are so time consuming. I'm trying to stay away from series. There's some good ones on Netflix, but I'm doing my best to stay away from any series. Um, Anthony Obasi has a good one for you. Well, but both of us, but I'm going to let you answer you being the native Philadelphian, the passionate Philadelphia fan that you are. Yes. Um, does Doc return to the Sixers next season if they don't beat Boston? Considering nobody expects them to beat Boston now. I actually think he does, and I think it's going to really tick off Philly's fan, or Sixers Ooh. fans because, because Embiid's going to be back. The one that may go is Harden if he actually yeah. does, if this thing is real with Houston and him, you know, they want him. Ooh. But I don't think I don't think they're gonna want to pay the last two years at crazy money for Doc yeah. to not coach them. So mm. I think he is back. And I, I that is gonna bring a lot of angst for, mm. for fans. For Sixers fans, so yeah, Ooh. I I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening there for yeah. sure. Um, hey, right. real quick, JM yeah. has a good one for me. Oh, this is right up my alley. Yeah, uh, D Gun, best Southern state for barbecue. Ooh, okay. I got to go with Texas. And I know it's considered Southwest, but it's South. Texas to me um, has the best barbecue. I think North Carolina is a close second, but for me, it's Texas for okay. my flavor, my style. I love Texas barbecue. I love it. That's it. Yep. I love it. All right. Good stuff, man. Uh, it was a fun, fun week, fun day as always. Sorry, oh, real quick. What are you doing this weekend? Ed Kratz on here. Um, so uh, I'm on the radio tomorrow uh, yeah. until the Phillies game. And I'm on before the Phillies game Okay. as well on Sunday from Citizens Bank Park with Al Morgani. Our buddy Al's coming back to the radio. Nice. Way. So yeah, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Other than that, uh, I'll play a pickleball tomorrow. I haven't played in a while, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back at it. Nice. That'll be it. All right. All right. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see you. Everybody, listen. Gunner, great job. I want to thank Likewise. Tone, the Shields. Tone, excellent job. Thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys were, were great as always. Thanks to everybody streaming and listening. Have a great weekend. And coming up, don't go anywhere. National Football Show with Dan Cilio. We will talk to you soon. For Derek, I'm Rob. Thanks. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.